Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the illegitimate son of Lucius Fox, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 463. 463, you and me, Eric. That's the rhyming and a stealing that I will do for this week. No, I haven't been the last couple weeks. And it might be the lineup of the books or... Eric, as I try to gain more sympathy, it might be because I almost died this week. I wasn't going to mention it. Do you gain it. sympathy from, like, you know, the idea uh, that you're going to die from your own stupidity? Yeah, because yeah, I That's a yeah, sympathetic that's, thing? Well, I'm a sympathetic character. He's got a twofold. Character. He's dumb as shit. He almost died. I We ended up, and I'll tell everybody down here in the basement, I still can't talk. I think I'm done. My singing sure career smell, is over. Oh, my goodness. But... Uh, we ended up having a problem with our furnace that got backed up, and I was doing podcasts and doing all that fun stuff. And then Carbon the guy came monoxide. to fix the furnace. He ended up ch- checking the meter deal here, and he said that I had to go to the hospital. I'm and I you, went there. It's that bit that we had in The Simpsons where people are like, oh, like uh, there's a man alive. There's a man alive in here during all the fumes coming out of Moe's bar when Barney's just sitting there. That's you in just the basement. There. It was. I actually thought of Arrested Development hey. when, he, when he came in. Uh, when uh, Michael come, came in and he's like, hey, what's going on? And everybody was just asleep. He's like, is there a carbon monoxide leak here? I kept thinking of that. But yeah, the, I had some carbon monoxide poisoning. I ended up having to get pure oxygen, Eric. And as I was doing that, remember that song, Pure Energy? I kept thinking no. to myself, pure oxygen. And it was, you know, it's a Leonard Nimoy quote, I believe, Eric. But Did you uh, get your second test like done to make sure you're okay with all this? I did not yet. I'm okay. going to do that on Monday. That is Monday problems, Eric. So we'll see. But I still feel like crap. I feel very tired. I have headaches every night. And, and I lost is, my voice. Besides for losing your voice, it feels basement. like you every t- talking about how you're feeling every week on the podcast. It does. But maybe that was the problem. Maybe this was a slow burn. <laughs> maybe you're the problem. Uh, maybe it is. Maybe that's just me. Maybe yeah. I have. Maybe I'm the one that poisoned the, the furnace, Eric. I don't know. But I always do feel like crap. But at least I had a reason for it this time. But I, I feel... A little bit, I feel a little clear-headed, but I'm telling you right now, who knows when that carbon monoxide will sneak up and start talking all that sus thing. uh, It'll always be that. Anything you hear tonight that is sus, it isn't me. It is the carbon monoxide talking. But speaking of which, Eric, go over to the Twitter. (laughs) Go over to the Twitter at Weird Science DC and follow us, and we'll follow you back. And you could get involved with such things as casual fridays eric you it's know what that thing. means no it's also not go over well it is at weird science isn't it at the studios casual we, every day <laughs> it is we go over to then the website weird science where you can get reviews of all those their books coming out a lot of stuff there that we're talking about tonight but by different people and things like that you get a little different point of view because different we love that deal uh, also, go over to our YouTube channel. If you look up Weird Science Comics, you'll find that. But also, you can get it in the show notes as well. And then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where this week for our badass Patreon Spotlight podcast episode show, we ended up doing our two books. One was real big, right? The Big Bang. It Which was our crisis. Oh. Big Bang number one. And then we did Batman Spawn number one. So if you want to hear us talk about those two number ones, which I don't know, they could have been number twos as well. You end up going over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science and hear us talk in an episode that ended up where Eric was shocked at the end. What the the hell happened? It was uh, an hour and 50 minutes long of us talking those two books, also about love and life and everything in between. 
Not laughter. No, that was left for, you know, everybody We all had to feel there. bad for Jim. So if anybody laugh. laughed, he'd have a throw a yeah, fucking Yeah, really. Fit. No, most people were still <laughs> laughing at me. So that doesn't matter. It's a whole deal. But, yeah, I mean, I think that it was Reggie taking his revenge. I kind of made fun of him the last couple of weeks. And I think he had come to, to take me away, Eric. But okay, he didn't do that. Watch he yourself. didn't do that. Take that, Reggie. I'm going to lose my voice by the end of the show, and I'm already yelling, so it's going to be trouble. Like the devil Nezha, he'll get you from behind, is what I hear, Eric. But with that, we have, uh, you know, a show that we have less books than usual on the main show. Usually we're around six or seven or right now. It is a decent amount, but the books that actually came out this week, I didn't see a lot of people that fired up for them once they came out. (laughs) Bang up. Uh, because the big play was the Batman Spawn deal. That was a bit of a disappointment. It looked great, but you'd have to listen to our podcast to hear what we thought, but kind of a disappointment. So going into the show, I thought, like, what are we going to have here? Is, is Eric going to give a Clune Red book, the book of the week, to go along with his Megan Fitzmartin, Tim Drake? Jesus. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what could happen? I this gave year? reasons it made Crazy sense world. it worked out. Oh, my God. The emails will get then again, Eric, but... All in all, you know, we end up the slaves to the grind, but also the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. And here is their salute, Eric. Anybody who's mad about, well, I wanted to hear about that Batman spawn. You blame these people. You blame them. I'm giving you right here. It's like a dock singer. We have Michael Jordan, Eric K., who actually, Double K, asked me about some manga today. And I had to, you know, give him some tips and things, right? Read right to left is what I told him. Jeffrey Greek, Stephen Baddad Mitchell, The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S., Forrest Pauly, Cam, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby and Lord Andy, Francisco L. Rock III, Niels T. Ward, David Fink, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Gisu42 to you and me, Michael G., still probably mad at me that I haven't watched that Batman, Ken Howick, Comic Boom Rocket. Curly Pubes. Hell. <laughs> you jerk. Curly Pubes. Oh my goodness. Mark Checker. Algin Stoja. Nick Adams. Ruben. Carlos. Noah Favre. Oh, Matthew Arrigiera. Luke Hollywood. Hey there, people. Simon. Luis. Manship. And from Belfast. Swanee. I gotta get this on. Anthony G. Josh Million. My man, Pete from LSC. Batman Beyond. Mark. Our man, Rob Lewis. Beam Muir. Brandy Murray up there in Canada. Buffalo, Canada, Eric. I might as well take my time now. And yeah. double Aaron doxing his ass all the way up there in Minnesota. Yes, Eric. Minnesota, it is all time. Shout out to Reggie. You're not taking me yet. Gonna. <laughs> you, you man, you. I don't know what I was going to say. You man, I, you. I almost cursed. I don't want to curse at Reggie, right? So <laughs> there you go. But we do have some books. I'm not going to say that, you know. I hear all these other podcasts, and I'm sitting there listening. Yeah, I do. I actually listen to a bunch, comic book and others, mostly comic book stuff. But they'll they'll come on in this lineup of books we have. That oh my god, there's a lot of diamonds in the rough. I'm like bangers. No, no they're not. <laughs> they're not bangers. Jenny <laughs> told me they're not. Ba- I don't even have that. Jenny uh, from the that's block. That's the worst. Jenny from Blackpink would normally oh. say bangers at this point. I took it <laughs> off of the board because I thought there's no reason for this. No. I mean, this is how I play it. Wow how do card. I have bangers on there when I do need to have a certain like F you? But I don't know that we'll hit that. We'll have to see. Uh, but no bangers, I don't think. Maybe. But also just as a shout out to 
If you are on the Good Pods podcast app or whatnot, I don't know what it means, but they ended up picking us as one of their picks. So one of their that. That means we're a good pod too. picks. Well, there you go. So Good Pods, own. they think we're good. They think we're neato. And that was pretty neat, too. I ended was up sending neat. that you, to pods. you. Uh, it has been a bit since anybody's really <laughs> given us any props. I think that we're like, they're like, those guys are still around. I'm like, yeah, well, well at least they means props something up. these days. It means to some people, but thank God it doesn't mean it for Jess. I mean, seriously. It does. She would have been out She's upset door. all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true. You're just the one who doesn't get upset. But with all of that, Hi, hey, everybody. hey, everybody, we're going to go off now. We'll start these there books. We have some mail tonight as well. And, you know, a lot of jokes, sir. Okay. That's how we play. This is the jokey podcast. We skewer and reviewers the books, and that's what we do. Well, so, damn. everybody, sit back and hopefully. Day. Hopefully, you know, you can get through these things boy. with us. This is the thing. Oh, man, now I want all of these. You end up where a lot of times when there are books like these, you know, you may not be that excited, but let's get excited to just talk through these together. It's almost like therapy. So we'll get to it in a minute, but we'll be back with the books. Maker all the time has come Batman Inc. is now yours to run today Okay Where you going, what you looking for All your mentors will be no more It's true Is it you? Oh, yes, Eric. I don't know if he's going to have Clown Hunter anymore. Well, I'm that just might here be about the big who deal. wrote that song? Was it the Batman Inc. member Night Runner or Dark Ranger? Uh, that was Dark Ranger <laughs> with Night Runner is <laughs> what you ended up having there. Very I'm good, Eric. You, like, you cracked the code. These members work out so perfectly. I'm like, is yes, there a Night do. Ranger member? Uh, it would be so great if we just had a Night Ranger and we could have done it. That's the only reason that that is even in that is because we ended up talking about night ranger before but we end up having a weird deal that batman inc the first book of the podcast that shows you Most what a great lineup book we have going on and me and you were a bit down with the last issue and we wanted to kind of you know get fired up and i did a bit in this and some of these books are actually not as bad as they have been recently we have a clune red section we didn't even mention that in the beginning Try not to. and yet it's not as bad. I mean, I read the books. I'm like, eh, it's like more of kind of shrug and walk away. But we'll be talking about them, and I'm Just sure, like I'm sure we'll have. Yeah, really, that's my parenting advice. And you walk away, like, hey, does the kid have a, you know, the fork into the socket? I don't my know. My dad did that too. I'm still waiting for him to walk back. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He ended up going. I remember one of the scariest things, two of the scariest things that ever happened to me parenting, both with Ethan. One was when he was born. And uh, just now when I realized that, you know, the, actually the two things, he ended up cutting an iron uh, extension cord with scissors one point, and it, it like almost like blew up this huge pop and it knocked him over. But the other one was we had Boy, a right. time where they were playing like hide and seek, and he actually locked himself into the washing machine. <laughs> and somehow it almost, I don't even, it, it like he almost drowned in this washing machine. It was like the worst ever. So I when I was playing was hide and seek on. with my brothers, and he decided he wanted to hide in the dryer. And I'm like, I need to teach this young boy a lesson. Exactly. Hide in like this, so I had to turn it on for a second or two. Yeah, exactly. It's like your dad, he played hide and seek. It's just he, he never just did the seeking. <laughs> he's still hiding, Eric. Now he's hiding all right with Stop Reggie. It. With yeah. Reggie there, a little shout out there to Reggie again and your father. But here we are, Eric. I, I mean that your father's dead. I don't know if you uh, got that there. <laughs> I was almost with him, Eric. Trying to get sympathy again. You're almost with I, your dad. I ended You're up in there. I'm like, what's going on? It's real smoky in here. It was your dad who was hanging out. I'm like, hey, who smoke. are you? Kurt Russell. And I ended up, I thought I was there. With like, you know, Kurt Russell, young Kurt Russell, you told me you kind of look like. So well, that's I what I said that. I looked like. Oh, that's, well, I saw you. That, that's a little bit of a, like, fortune telling. You're going to die, Eric. But we're here to talk about these books. Fortune telling in this is, I guess, our book of the mo- book of the week, I mean, may not be that high a score. We'll, we'll see. But we're going to start with Batman Inc. number three. And again, like I said, it was one of those books that we... I didn't love that annual that set it up, but it's something that we wanted to kind of enjoy, and we really do like Ed Brisson. So let's see if he can turn it all around, shall we, Eric? Shall Seven, we? Eight, number three is written by Ed Brisson, art by John Timms, Rex Locus, and Clayton Cowles. And the main gist of this is we get the origin of Phantom One, who was the quote-unquote Robin, or the at least of the, the partner, the sidekick of the Ghostmaker. And we saw this character kidnapped clown hunter thinking you know not on my watch not again i don't want this to happen and with that i get phantom one's you know idea here because ghostmaker the big play is it's not just the idea of if you saw batman with a new rob you might get upset especially if you were like jason todd and you're like man you know you just went and you know ditched me and whatever this is different because ghostmaker has one thing Actually, I was going to say one thing that Batman doesn't, but it's one thing that he doesn't have that Batman does, and it's compassion and feelings and, you know, all that. you you got to keep remembering that Ghostmaker is a psychopath, and he admits it. He's on front street not, with not it. not like, you know, exaggerating with that. He is like, you know, certifiably a psychopath. He's certifiably a psychopath. And like, they when even you, you the, hear that, you think about him like, you know, he's a Michael Myers serial killer type of He is a man who feels no emotions whatsoever and uses that to his benefit. And then goes in with like not even feeling a lot of pain. So it even like he just is like just a walking thing of his own. He ends up, I, I wouldn't even call him selfish even. It's a weird play with him. But he is somebody who has no feelings, so he cannot end up having any compassion for anybody around him. And really, a lot of his whole life now is based on and has been based on one-upping Batman. So, Whether like the that, original story that wrapped this shit up in the in the um, was the rebirth era of DC Comics better than Batman? Yeah, actually, he plays off a lot like a raptor, except that he doesn't have. I want to call the Soylent Green. Uh, what was that the deal? Yeah, no, the, that gauntlet he had that oh, did so everything. 
the Soyalac where, oh, you want blood? All right. One day I'll Soyalac. be able to understand that. You want to be mind controlled? All right, Soyalac. He just did it all. Leprosy. Everything was made of Soyalac, uh, including his love of Dick Grayson's mother. Uh, so when you go into this, you have to just keep remembering that love having having a you know a little Robin type deal that's not a great thing for a ghost maker. He has no care for that, and it's always going to be based on are you doing what I need you to do, and why I'm. It, it's never well, going to be such friendly. a weird idea because the idea that you have a character who is like we just talked about a psychopath. He has this inability to feel feelings and care about others and stuff along those lines. He is a man built on the mission. He's almost a goal of the the, uh, the Batman of Zuran Ah, essentially, because it is pretty much Batman without compassion for what he's going for right here. But when you have this idea where we're learning about the first, you know, sidekick of Ghostmaker and what tragically happened to Phantom One, we know that we have Clown Hunter now. And all these steps ever since Ghostmakers was introduced during D- James Tynan's run, all the things that we've seen, it almost feels like we are seeing, you know, Ghostmaker evolve. I don't know how you overcome, like, the psychopathic tendencies that you have or you actually alter your mind, but... It, it does feel like he is evolving to a point where he is able to, like, you know, feel things for people. Which is odd because they're really, it's weird because the idea of this is pretty much that's how you are. I know. But you know what I mean? Like the idea where usually what happens with psychopaths like this, they learn the kind of the way to play the game. Oh, yeah. They end up being able to to fake it. it. You you fake it till you never make it because, oh, I know. A, A lot of it I do know. I'm not as crazy as him, but... It's a weird play to think that he could change, but you never know. There could be somebody that just hits in there. He might find, you know, a tall man who makes fun of him at first with the sticker on his pants, but then they become podcast partners there. It can happen, but you end up where it's one of those things that when you're reminded of this, especially through Phantom 1, I do believe that they're going to play the game. Ed Brisson's going to say he has evolved a bit. He has cared, and maybe the thing that made him care, even though he ends up really screwing over Phantom 1, maybe it is that retroactively thinking about it, but something has to kind of come out of this because it still bothers me. Didn't bother me before, actually. Bothers me now just thinking of the idea that Batman is the one person who really knows Ghostmaker, really knows what makes him tick, and to put him in charge of a team I think that's a bad play. I really do. I know that he needs the money man here, a ghostmaker, but this is a guy who normally will just leave everybody to die if he's going to get out of there. He thinks of himself first. It's not a great team leader, but I think that they're going to play where Batman comes in a little bit later and says, I knew you had evolved. That's why I wanted you to, you know, being a leader of a team will show you that. It's kind of a weird play. But really, once Phantom One starts talking to him, about stuff you kind of go on phantom one side i mean clown hunter i don't know how much you have a love a, you know a liking even love between him clown and, hunter and, and ghostmaker Ghost Maker. it just feels like clown hunter is such a ridiculous character that it's going to end up where eventually ghostmaker is just going to ditch him he's going to say you're ridiculous he already tried to kick him out he said go back to gotham if you want to go and chase them they're clowns but that's just negative reinforcement and i think that you're starting with the idea that he does seem to care about his mentors and some of the people who train him that they are being killed or taken down because that's where you see him come flying into a leonard Wu, dr leonard Wu. he didn't go to Oh, didn't I? I thought I I'm, did. I'm curious. I think I, I went asking. on going. Oh, yes, I did. I know okay. I did because I have the deal. Yeah. So we, okay, we go sure. and you end up where 
he does seem very concerned. Now, is it the idea that a failure, it feels like a failure to him if these mentors go down? And honestly, that could be the case. Somebody besting him, actually putting him through like the ropes of something along the lines of a Batman villain, like a Riddle or a Joker, putting him through these traumas, really trying to get his attention, but always being one step ahead of him. Yes. Not, not even the idea of him caring about, you know, like the, the sky spider who trained him along those lines with Batman. Think of the idea that he cannot fail in his mission to be the better, like the best thing out there against whoever his opponent might be. Even even when you have Phantom One trying to explain the idea of, you know, he doesn't even really care about his mentors. And even then he lets people. Th- this is the thing. Ed Brisson's playing this idea of having this Batman incorporated and having Ghostmaker here. He's so much not Batman that you can exploit that. And you end up having Clown Hunter. Hey, I, I kind of like getting trained and whatnot. And this fan one thing you don't understand. He doesn't care about anybody and even lets people who are just straight up killers live. If they benefit him, it's all this cost well, that's the and, part and about things like that. This, because we have the lead into the series, the idea, like even from the Batman story, like the series going forward where you had, you know, Lex Luthor going out there and putting together a Batman Inc. Once Batman originally stopped doing his own after Damian died. So he has all these proto kind of Batman figures out and about that Ghostmaker and the rest of the Batman Incorporated. Now that they found like, you know, Grey Wolf, like, hey, there's other places out there. We're going to go and find them and shut them down. See if we can like, you know, save these people that were turned into monsters by Lex Luthor. But they're all on the freaking payroll. It seems like a Phantom One. Like, I'm, uh, look, Phantom One is on the ball. He is three steps ahead of Ghostmaker because he knew what Ghostmaker was up to, like finding out the freaking Lex Luthor Batman Inc. project, going around the world, recruiting these people, and then getting them on board with killing his protege or his mentors' mentors because this is what we're going to do. I, I, Lex Luthor brought you guys all together, gave you the superpowers, and he wanted you to stop evil. Well, these guys over here, they might have trained some of the best superheroes ever, but they are killers. So you know what you need to do? You need to kill them killers. And, okay. and we may find out we have an unreliable narrator. I don't think That's so. That's what I think because, it's be. Well, one of the things going, though, is I he even to say spelled his name it is out. A flashback. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know, really. He redacts a flashback. How, how does that happen? I don't but, trust this asshole. Yeah, I don't trust him either. And it might be the idea. Now, the idea of him trying to get the clown hunter in a way to get back. I, it feels like he's trying to get back at. Ghostmaker, I don't think Ghostmaker cares that much right now. And again, if you end up kidnapping Clown Hunter, to me, all that's going to do is piss off Ghostmaker because it's on his watch. It's not going to be. Exactly. They may, they may play it differently. And you may even have where there's going to be that seated down now. Because if Ghostmaker comes in, and you would think that they'll save Clown Hunter. And then you'll have, I knew that they were lying. You know, he said, you know. Well, just shut up, kid. You know, I don't care about you and, and how that will play out. Maybe that's seeded down in Clown Hunter because I don't think that you can change somebody as, you know, just cold and hard as a Ghostmaker when it does seem when they first went out, this was a cycle. This wasn't because of any trauma. This is just how he is. He was hardwired this way and went and did something almost like a Dexter, even where if he's going to be like this, well, I might as well go and stop people yeah. and maybe be kind of the little sus Batman. But yeah, when you go into that and the whole play with it, I really do like when we get to the Phantom One's backstory. It's interesting. It sets up. It's well, you know, it's well played out to see yes. how this ended up starting. A lot of books nowadays, we'll even have some tonight that they try. They seem to forget that, you know, sometimes it's cool to see an origin and go oh, through it. Is it is cool. It's just it's a weird idea where you have one of Ghostmaker's, like, villains that he used to have, Mr. and Mrs. Mayhem, who come off like a gun hawk and a gun bunny from Batman or just other DC comics. But you have these characters that are robbing a, bang, or robbing a gallow, really. But 
Ghostmaker comes in and just skewers them with his swords, kills them right off the bat, and while the poor Miss Mayhem dies, or Miss Manus, I'm sorry, before she dies, like, what about my son? God damn it. Now he has to take on the idea where, and the thing is, I don't even think he realized, like, God damn it, what am I going to do about this? Because I feel obligated because I just slaughtered these people in front of all these rich assholes. You know what? I hear that Bruce Wayne guy that I used to train with. He's taking in a bunch of orphans. So maybe the ghost maker should do the same thing, but show him how to do it better because this is the same point in time where Jason Todd was murdered by the Joker. So now it's ghost maker's time to bring on a psychic and do it right, even though we're going to just not talk about the Dick Grayson aspect and how that turned out just fine. But Jason Todd died. We're going to get ourselves a psychic named Phantom One and we're going to go and do crime like fighting together. But really, Phantom One this entire time throughout him growing up and like, you know, coming to the the ghost maker manner, whatever you want to call it. Cause he has these personas that he puts on to try. And like each time we see them training, it seems like he has a new disguise on. So Phantom One doesn't even know what he looks like this entire time. But you have this going on to the point where they finally do become, you know, the dynamic duo of Shanghai or wherever they're at in Sweden. And it's just he, the Phantom One becomes a prisoner aspect because the only time he is allowed out of the manor from training all this is when he's out on patrol with Ghost Maker. So he is almost this prisoner aspect. And this is all he can do to escape it the point where he is going to show that he is as good as Ghostbaker because he needs to get some respect and maybe get some more goddamn free time out of the house. Yeah, and it also feels when he says, this is when I felt like he actually like cared about me as well. We kind of had this camaraderie, even if he finds out it's kind of false, but when they go out and they're gallivanting around, it's a pretty cool page when you see all the people they're kicking their butts and stuff like that. I also think at this point, He's out there really flaunting it to Batman, who's there, you know, down in depression and things about Jason and whatnot. Uh, but you also see when they're training, he, he beats the crap. I mean, he has his own little hospital bed in the mansion that he has to go to after training because well, he just gets abuse on the destroyed. Exactly. I mean, really, how many times can you tell somebody that you fell down the stairs? Eric, I know by three. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, even that, like everything's proper. And like you said, he changes his look all the time. He says, I never got to know who he was because he never want me to all that stuff going down. But he did enjoy getting out and about. And, you know, doing stuff. But that's something that a Robin, even a Dick it's Grayson, a, oh, yeah, he first started, that, that was what he wanted to do. And, even Tim but Drake had his, his freaking comic book going on for over a decade. I like how this thing. is going, the way that they're when they go out to, you know, have their crime fighting, which he thinks is fun. It doesn't ever feel like it's that joyful as much as, say, Dick Grayson. Like, can I go out tonight? Whatever. It, it just it does feel really like cold and calculating and really does seem like it's just a throw at a Batman. And when you end up having the deal where he keeps telling clown Hunter, when you're not, you know, able to help out, you know, when you become a liability, if you become, you're out, he, you Ghostmaker does not care about anybody. And it's a weird play because you want to believe, you know, Phantom one that he has all the best intentions for clown Hunter, but he just seems like, I don't know. You, you can't trust this guy, especially, obviously, because Ghostmaker is leading Batman Inc. And Batman put him in that position, whatnot. But we'll see how it plays out. But the, the problem I have, and I like almost all of that deal. I actually got a, a chuckle that his redacted name in the flashback. Once we get back to the present and see the rest of the Batman Inc. team, though, I lost interest. I lost interest. Yeah, once we get to the point where, like, you know, uh, Phantom One is killed because he acts out trying to impress Ghostmaker on his own to show that he does have the stuff. And he goes against the, the one of Ghostmaker's most frequent adversaries, Palladium, which I'm sitting there, I'm like, 
I just saw this man murder your parents the first time you came across him. How does Ghostmaker have any frequent adversaries when he usually just goes around and yeah, murders them? Yeah, he just them? slices everyone. You better be, like, really hightailing it out if, if you want to end up being a long-term adversary. Maybe it was one of those, like, that he was such a joke, but he doesn't seem like a joke either. So it is weird, long-time but adversary. In this whole that thing, is Phantom One goes down in a, a building crumbling around him. And, like, uh, Ghostmaker sits there and watches a lot of the debris fall on top. He's like, help me. He's like, you made yourself a liability. You went off on your own. And he left him to die right there. And we end this whole flashback origin tale of Phantom One with this rubble coming down over top and with the hand sticking out. Carrie style for a jump scare, it looks like. But even that, it's not like a jump scare aspect as far as I'm concerned because who helped him? This is where our story ends because we just know that he survived. And that's it. Like, how, like, you know, is this the same guy? Is he telling a tall tale? We know nothing about it except this guy whose own name is redacted in his own flashback. So, we don't know anything about how he survived this or how long ago it was because this must be a real long time ago if this is going on. Let's say maybe, let's say he trained for a year or two or something along those he lines. He says, I think he went like two years training okay. before he even let him so, out. Like, so, yeah. Then we have like another, not maybe a decade, but along the lines of a decade Some where time, him just yeah. planning. What's that? I, I'm just saying a whole decade of him just planning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He ends up, I just took a sip of drink. My throat's killing me. But yeah, he had that. So what is the time frame? And the thing that I like, though, is when he's doing this, you do get that, okay, that's a little bit like a Dick Grayson. That's a, it's a lot, Jason Todd. And the idea of... And I can't wait for this character to continue. I'm saying, Ghostmaker better not kill him by the end of this whole thing. He better say, be who he says he is because I need there to be a Red Hood Phantom One showdown at well, some point. Well, it'd be point. cool. And, and the idea, they're very similar. And where I get the or idea... a new member of the Outlaws. Man, when I hear of the stuff, like, it reminds me when he says, oh, I wanted to impress him, whatever. Jason Todd did that, too. And it, at one point, Dick Grayson saved his ass. They, he went and he got a little too far into things with drug dealers and stuff because he thought, hey, I can do this. And he was always, you know, jumping into that. But that's the thing. You ended up having Jason had more of a support system than he even knew. And here we have. You know, this deal, Phantom One, he has nobody. I mean, he has nobody. If you're not going to be cared for by your mentor, who Ghostmaker isn't, you're done. And, he had, and then Ghostmaker turns on him, basically says, yeah, you're, you're a liability, you're nonsense, and buries him. Though, I'm getting the idea that we're going to go to Ghostmaker, and he's going to tell a, the tale like, so different. And then we'll have a story about there, There's three things, you know, that like, you know, the idea that you have your story, his story, and then there's the truth. And then, like, you know, after we compile all of these ideas, the Phantom One story, the Ghostmaker story, we'll finally somehow find the truth in the middle about what actually happened between these two, hopefully. Even that, maybe maybe they can come to a tr- Actually, Phantom One has gone too far with There's what he's done already. So murder and freaking like, making Ghostmaker look like the number one suspect along these lines. There's no coming back from this. No, the, only from the, thing that I, the only thing that I could see for you know Phantom One is that he goes to escape and, and Ghostmaker just lets him like, hey, I just get out of here and then maybe we'll see him later. I'm afraid that this kid is going to end up just dead, whether or not. I don't think it'll be Ghostmaker to do it. No, but I think that, that'd be crazy. But I think that he might end up doing something himself that it looks like he's dead. And he's not. We'll have to see. But in, like you said, I like seeing that because it does make things more interesting of how you end up having Ghostmaker with Clown Hunter. So you end up where that sets up a lot of story beats to go forward in that idea of this time, I, this time I'm doing it because I like you, Ghost Hunter. This time I'm going to do that. But then Ghost, uh, you know, Clown Hunter realizes, no, no, now I'm this, whatever. And it'd be fun. But when you go back to the regular team stuff, 
and continuing what are this they doing idea. For the most part, they're fighting these other Batman Inc. members that are against them, that are murdering people, that say that their their leaders are murdering and stuff along these lines. You don't do much. You sit around and talk about the stuff that we've already talked about, trying to insinuate the Ghostmaker's the problem, and that's it over and over again with different members of Batman Inc. You don't really progress the story. Whenever we're actually dealing with Phantom One and even Ghostmaker trying to track down, you know, Clown Hunter and whoever kidnapped him, not knowing that it was Phantom One, all that stuff is good. But for some reason, a book called Batman Incorporated is the weakest when it actually deals with Batman Incorporated. And that is a problem with the story. And the thing is, maybe it's not even the idea of crime. Maybe it's just Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter for how relevant they've been in the DC universe lately. They are the most exciting aspect of the book because the other ones are just chumps that show up every now and again who really don't have a, like, Ever really feel like they have their own voice, motivations, reasoning, other than, hey, I'm a, I'm a Batman of this place. Yeah, that's what it seems to be. And it's always been that kind of way. But when you put them all on a team and they're going about, I it feels weird to have like more of a background for, you know, Mr. Mayhem. And especially Phantom One, then now a lot of these other characters. I said Mayhem I earlier. Menace. You said now menace. you got me. It's yeah, I screwed it up. You know it. what I mean? The idea where. I said before that I thought maybe you should hang with one of the teams a little longer, get a little bit, because they don't all know each other. Maybe so that could will. lead into, hey, what's, what are you up to? I really think that Ed Brisson has kind of dropped the ball on, on most of the characters because I don't care about the team. Yeah, no, you say, oh, El Gaucho. I'm like, yeah, El Gaucho. You know, oh, that old Japan. night bunner over there. Also, I just want to ask everybody, including you, Eric, the idea, half of these guys, I swear, were not on the team. You ended up where, no, you're well, not Batman here, you're not Japan, there. I thought was sent home, yeah, right? Chiro, you go off, and now he's there. You end up having base, you know, Baxi, the Batman from Beijing? of China. Beijing. All of a sudden, he's back. Well, Everybody he's seemed back, to be kicked out. He had a freaking ab wheel or something, because that boy used to be rounder, and he is really well, he's out been into training. that suit. But yeah, it always feels like the idea. Now, I don't mind if a book was a rotating cast, like, it, you know, it can be. But you really spelled out that a lot of people weren't on the team, and now all of a sudden they just pop up. I don't know why. And You popped up after I told you to go home. That means you're back on the team. He ends up going through this, and I think that a lot of people are going to get lost with who these characters are and why you should care well, about them. You have all of these characters you can't explore while introducing new other Batman Incorporated characters that are being run by you know Phantom 1 now. So you have all of these characters that I'm like, you're going to lose track of who's where, who the name of each of these individual characters are. You're going to lose interest in trying to keep up with this while catching up with, you know, the characters that you are here who are usually on the front cover with Clown Hunter and Ghostmaker, whether you actually want to joke that you think they're relevant or not. But that's what's going on right now. And that is the most exciting part of this book. Some people will probably laugh because they don't like the characters, yeah. but they, they are pretty relevant in what's going on. And DC wants to push them. So here we are. But you're missing out on some things. And I said in that annual, I know it's cliche, I know, but you told me at one point sometimes cliches and sometimes these things of tropes, it's because they work and you want to use them. I'm surprised we didn't have that recruitment type deal. Well, what do we know about El Gaucho? Well, he does this and this, but he might end up wanting to be the leader. All right. And then you move or a little bit of a training deal. Have something where you see these again, characters. Once we get done with this, about we might them. be able to get into that once this is all said and but done. But you say that and... That might be I, too I late for it some might readers. Be too late. But the thing is, I think once we're done this with everything that the current Batman Incorporated team is going through, where they keep questioning whether the Ghostmaker's on the right, whether he's a criminal, a killer himself, I think we're going to be thinning out the herd by the time well, the story's I, I over. Well, I wish that would be the case. The way it feels, though, it's like you're expanding all of a sudden. And that's weird. Like, 
Yeah, El Gaucho, that guy might just quit. He may just leave, but he's a big player. I don't expect back then in Japan to stick around either. You're not getting work on the main characters that seem to be the ones that we're going to stick with. And so maybe that is the play. Maybe they won't be around too much. But I just hope that this book ends up because there is something here. And I do enjoy it. And I think the art's really good. But it's just that it seems like it might be leaving some people behind with some of these things. Because, again, when we go through, we already find out and we seem to think, you know, straight up that Phantom One's involved. It is not, you know, Ghostmaker. And we didn't think it was with these mentors, but to still play the game with the rest of the team, it just feels silly, too. And let's get to it. Let's get to, you know, a bigger story than just this. And I do like the angle with Ghostmaker, but really, by the end, I don't really care about anything that happens with the actual Batman no, Inc. team. And I, I hope I'm that just that happy does change. that the Ghostmaker, Clown Hunter, and Phantom One stuff was so strong in this, along with all the art yeah, that I love I in this love book. That. Because even with all my... You know, non-interest in the rest of Batman Incorporated, even though this is a Batman Incorporated book. That other stuff keep my kept my score up to a seven out of ten because I am invested in that. I'm the a other seven stuff out of ten as well. Go, but like, I want to know more about Phantom One and how Ghostmaker is going to do it. This idea, even the idea of this weird, you know, mirror shared history between him and Batman, how it plays out. I like to see how wrong it goes for Ghostmaker that he doesn't like talking about because it's just a compelling idea. Because even what we have currently going on in the Batman series right now with the idea. And we're going to explore the Batman of Zura and An, the you know, Batman who is this pure mission. That's what Ghostmaker is, and that's exciting, and I want to see how that plays out. Yeah, and I like seeing Ghostmaker in an element that he's not used to, being bested. And even then, when he goes and he's looking at, you know, all the information, he's calling up with Icon, and he says, you know, show me this. And then all of a sudden, it's like hacked in and really throwing it in his face. Look at this, you asshole. These are the people... And he's like, somebody's messing with me. And I Zim like and that. R should be an aspect of Ghostmaker since him and Bruce have that you no know, shared history now from the origin, stuff like that. What would it be like to be a pure mission kind of like superhero like Ghostmaker is? Or would Ghostmaker have something with his contingency deal and his head is actually oh. something with compassion? Well, that's the thing I was actually thinking about in the beginning of this conversation where the idea is Ghostmaker. They're like, I'm not a doctor. Like I tried saying before, I don't know if anybody believed me or not, but I'm not. So I don't know how this all works with the idea, you know, you're born a psychopath. You're going to fake, you know, your feelings to try to pass as normal along the lines of, like, you know, compassion. Along the, well, so, that could you, be you, a sore in art, right? Well, exactly. But is it the idea that with all the money he has, all the resources, did he go and, you know, do some kind of weird brain therapy, mind therapy to try to give him the emotions that he wasn't born with to the point where he is evolving as a character? Maybe, like, it's a regular drug, like, regimen or something along those lines. Or something experimental, something along those lines. Or maybe you could question throughout the story whether or not he's killing these people because he's blacking out because of this thing that he's trying to do to be more like Batman. Well, I would love to have it like that, like I said, a Zoran R, but instead of it being the cold calculating when it needs to happen, instead of that, it's a compassionate character where he can actually click it in, like you're saying, and it usually happens when his heart grows a size bigger, Eric. He's like, oh my God, I gotta go, or, you know, some sort of reaction where he knows that I should have feelings here and I don't, and that would click in. But it would be funny, like, out of nowhere. It would be almost like when Guy Gardner ended up getting that brain damage and he started being real nice to people and stuff like that. It would he feel had like brain that. brain damage like, for a long time, <laughs> all, all, of a, all of a sudden, Ghostmaker's like, hey, El Gaucho, can I get you something? Can I get you a tea or something? Put your feet up. And like, Who the hell is this guy? But that'd be pretty funny the way that that would play out. But 
We'll have to see. Uh, at one point, just as you said about the doctor deal, we were discussing before we recorded why he's guzzling aloe. I know he just came back from an explosion, but like just guzzling aloe while your your mentor is dying of burns and a concussion, all these other things that are going along the lines. Why would you take off your face plant and be so prominent you chugging aloe? It felt so weird. It's weird, too, because everything I looked up says you get diarrhea. Eric, you don't need the diarrhea when you're out and about, especially no. with the white you outfit. To find, That's why you got that cape. You use that, you, you wipe your ass that. with it. And then everybody's like, what happened to the cape? He's like, I had to get rid of that one. Yeah, I had buddy. to run. I a clay face. So, yeah, really. <laughs> That's what. Hey, hey, boss, the clay face. He's in your pants. You know, that's the worst uh, part. It's like, I like clay face, but I want that to be my new, like, you know, slang for go happy to go to the bathroom. That I gotta would go be make pretty a good. Clay face. Gotta go. I gotta go fight clay face down, <laughs> down at the lake. That's when you have diarrhea, Eric. But yeah, I'm, I'm a seven out of 10 as well. And yeah, that's despite some of the things that I really think are being left behind, but I really like the stuff. And I'm surprised that I'm that invested actually in these Phantom the Ghostmaker and the Ghostmaker and the Clowner because I thought all of them were ridiculous altogether. So you have that. Wait you till Miracle Molly comes back. It, it looks really like, grabs yeah, your heart really. Phantom One, it looks like he has his own ghost streamer. Ghost stream. <laughs> I just wanted to put that But he does, he ends up, and at that point You end bad. up having this play of the Faraday cage And hey, I have this whole van You know, that it probably has a unicorn on it as well But he can't get a signal out, right? And then when he gets out, he says When we get out of the van, the signal will go right there And he'll come, so you expect Before they go, you're going to have You know, those niggas come down here And they're going to have that little showdown And whether it is physical or, you know, that Or if it's going to be you know, the fields, Eric, I don't know. We'll have to see. And we'll see if that story he told was right. I wouldn't be shocked if Ghostmaker comes down and goes, yep, that's how it was. And it's a different time, you know, back there in the, I don't <laughs> even know what it would be at this point. Back there in the early 2000s, back in the there 90s. in the 90s. Uh, again, comic book time, hard time, you can't ever play yeah, that. Exactly. that. That's how we play things. Your little there, Ward, he has problems. You just cover him in dirt and rock. That's what you do. I was actually giving him a little... You know, push to recover on his own. I don't know. Uh, the guy chugs aloe. I have no idea what Psychopath. he thinks is going to heal people. But yeah, seven out of ten, and I'm still in. I'm still in with it. I'm still enjoying it. So uh, with that, though, we'll go to the next book, which is, and we're going to have two books in a row that are either ending or about to end, and you can kind of tell by the way the stories go. I am Batman number sixteen, written by John Ridley, with art by Christian Dudas, with Rex Locus and Troy Pateri. And in this, it's a weird jump because we are going to jump to the idea that Jace Fox and the rest of the Fox family have secrets. And these secrets are killing us. And that's fine and well. It's just that we just had an issue that was a Dark Crisis tie-in where Jace Fox beat the shit out of a freaking, you know, a great darkness-infused Sinestro. But we're not going to talk about this. We're going to jump two weeks later. And I'm like, come on, you're leaving a lot on the table there because, you know, that's the weirdest part because we had the Dark Crisis, the the Crisis of the Soul Gem, where, like, uh, the tie-in where we interrupted our main, ske- um, like our regular scheduled I Am Batman show, what we were dealing with is where t- uh, Tiffany went and put on a vigilante costume, beat the crap out of Which some cops, and then ended up beating the crap out of some cops who were associated with Jace Fox with his Batman of New York. And then, you know, Jace, he recognized the, like, the description of the person, the photo of the, like, you know, his sister's like, oh, shit. So, like, you know, Tiff, I'm gonna have to have a talk with her. Now we're weeks later. It's like, I know you was the vigilante. Like, well, I know you're Batman. I'm like, and that's Ooh. all we deal with this aspect. It's like, <laughs> I know you did this. Well, I know you're Batman. And I'm like, man, secrets are killing this family. Like, 
You, you need to do more than just, oh, look, I know where the book's ending, and you are on fast-forward mode all the way there to tell them whatever story you need to tell before this series is over, but you have really dropped the ball with the way you're presenting this. Because this is probably one of the biggest parts of the I Am Batman with revealing the identity. This is know, what we, we wanted that, to see what happens. We exactly. wanted Tiff to be involved. See, we get what we, we wanted, wanted, but it's to be so involved. rushed. We wanted Luke to be involved. We know that Lucius knows that he's Batman and working with him. But for the most part, we're in New York away from Lucius till he's coming back now because we have people targeting the Fox family because it looks like Jace with his secrets. He's not keeping his secrets well enough because it seems that somebody out there might know that he's Batman besides for Tiff because if Tiff knows, obviously anybody can know, but they're targeting the Fox family because of his secrets because somebody's figured out that he's Batman. Yeah, that's what it seems in the weird play. First off, I want to ask uh, DC. Do you have to end up with any series with these characters to make me and Eric get so excited about Tiff and then just cut it into these? Because this is going to end in two issues. At least we got some vigilante stuff. But at the end of the last, you know, the new 52, that, uh, what's it called? Batwing deal. We ended up where Tiff, like, all of a sudden, she oh my got an God, internship uh, to Star Labs. We were excited about her having a fucking internship. Yeah, and then we have here where, oh my God, she's the vigilante. She might be a. Uh, it's going to end because it's ending in February. It's going to end in two that, more issues. Every time we have, you know, the Fox show, we show up. It's like, oh, we got to deal with Tamara and those drugs from the yeah. Fifty Two. Well, like, she's, she's a user, Eric. She can't get off it. She's not a user. She is a victim. How dare you? But we can never do anything with her. This is a woman. Who was almost like, you know, the eyes on Tim Drake when he was Tim Wayne's shoot, like, like, uh, jet setting across the world trying to find, like, ideas that Bruce Wayne was still alive because he was pretty much in control, Tim, of Wayne Enterprise at that point in time. And she was right along with them. And I'm like, that was a great partnership that they were developing in the Red Robin series. And now we jump to the New 52. Rat Kitcher doses her with some drugs. She's, you know, an addict in a coma. She's dying. She's back. She's got freaking leg problems. She's got crutches. She's got crutches. We just keep going back and forth with it. It seemed like they'd forgotten about that just to go back to it anyway. So it it really ends up being a shame. She's more of a prop, really, of anything. And that is a shame. Like you said, she had a more developed character back in the day. Anybody in the Fox family, obviously, Lucius is important, but Tamara was the most important one before the New 52 happened, and we just kind of threw that away. And now we have Tim, who's become Jace Fox. We have Tiff, and we even like, you know, bringing the idea of, you know, Jace's mother, Tanya. Like, the importance of her, because it seems like such a weird idea where before we had, you know, the information was that, you know, Jace accidentally hits, uh, killed a guy while driving under the influence, and it was all wiped away because of the way money and the Fox money and all those things, the connections that they had in Gotham. Pretty much, let's expunge all of this because the kid screwed up. You made a mistake. Well, let's not make him pay for it because we're rich people and that's how the world works. And Jace has been dealing with the guilt of this his entire life to make him want to become the Batman now. And now, out of nowhere, two issues left in the series after this, it seems like, well, it wasn't really Lucius. It was his mother, Tanya. I'm like, why are you playing this, especially for the cliffhanger that we're going to run at the end of this issue? And then, yeah, and then that as well. I mean, this is the thing. The, the you know, the Fox family... It's all a whirlwind of nonsense. You end up including the idea they have the Wayne money. They end up where Tim, who wasn't around at all, the explanation then is he was just off doing his thing military. But then he changes his name to Jace. Still don't really know quite what. I feel like that was just for John Ridley to have his own claim on this character outside of what Tim Fox was previously. It was just odd. And then you come in, you end up having Tam again with the drugs. You don't get Luke at all. You you really, and all this stuff. Then you move to New York City. You go to New York City. That seemed okay. But even like future state stuff, 
it, Lucius was so sus. The family was like, I don't get it. I do, and so well, that was a future that dealt with the magistrate. Thankfully, we got rid of that, and we don't have to be sus no more. But even though, I mean, Lucius, even in this, doesn't feel like really on the up and up either. But overall, the weird play is you ended up having that that dark crisis tie-in. Then to announce that the book's going to end in February, two more. It feels like that was a waste. Why did you even have that? That would be the idea. The tie-in, oh, that'll get more eyes on it. What, to end it? I mean, why would you do that? And it ended up making no sense. You made Sinestro look like a chump. Make Sinestro look like a chump, hey. which seems to be the M.O. of most of the Dark Crisis. is just not elevating characters. But DC but in de- general anymore. De-elevating some. Yeah, and it is. It is DC in general and even Marvel. But still, you end up with all the story. And then you get to this point where... You had a mess. You had the question, Renee Montoya show up with really weird reasons. I'm here to look at being the commissioner here in New York, but I'm really not going to. But I'll be there. Nothing ever really hit. And the problem was it was hitting. When you came to New York City and you had that first villain serial killer, that was cool. And then you just went. Got a terrible name in the Man Ray, but the most yeah, interesting Man part of this entire and then series. You, yeah. Mr. Ray, I like to call him. He ended up, that was the most interesting thing because that was something that felt like it was Jason. And it shook Jason to his core. Yeah, and it shook him. And then you want to see him develop from there, but instead, you meander with stuff with, with, like I said, Renee Montoya, the idea of police corruption, maybe to set up a bit of that blue line book. I, we have the cops, Detective Chubb and Whitaker, and some characters show up here and there, but you never had the feeling of the strike force back that we originally had when we went to New York. And this is a weird play. We're going to get 18 issues, which I think is a win for John Ridley in this book because people were pissed off right away. They didn't want to deal with it. So actually, and I'm not saying it's sold. I'm just saying he got 18 issues, but what did he do with them? He was always trying to, maybe it's editorial. I don't know, but he's always going in these different directions when there were some things. And like we said, Man Ray and that idea going to New York really felt like a fresh start, Eric, fresh start. You end up where, <laughs> you end up where that just got thrown away then. And now we end with, oh shit, we only have a couple more issues left. So we have to end. And it's so, so clear. Well, that even this the idea. Is the two minute warning to throw it, things it, out it, there. It is the two minute warning. But we have our main plot of this book where, like, I'm telling you, I, just, I wanted to talk about the main plot. But then I just had the idea of how the two minute warning is just sounding in my head. Because even when you have a day in the show for a page where him, her and uh, Jace are sitting on a stoop, so Jace can say, I love you. And it's like, I can't deal with that right now, man. And like, moving on. So you just had Jace do that. It meant nothing. But in the background, back to the main plot of this whole thing, where you do have people having random acts of violence done against them. At first, you had the, like, you know, the uh, executive assistant of Tanya Fox here. She, he's shot. Ethan is shot. And we have to deal with That's why Lucius came out. We're going to deal with this family emergency where this executive assistant was murdered. My wife's executive. But like, we have other things where, like a fox, like a fox tech company was like that was they, they put together. It was like you know mowed down by a random gunner. You have all this going on, but when you have the Lucius and Tanya sitting together, it's about the ideas of secrets. Like I just sit here thinking about what happened to Ethan, gone just like that. And I think that happened to me. Lucius interrupts. What happened to Ethan was a horrible random act of violence. But if it happened to me, all the secrets, all the lies. I can't take them to my grave. And then Lucius goes, and you don't you don't care what telling that secret does to me? And then Tiny goes back, well, fucker. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. It was, it's a bunch of wings. Yeah. I, well, I didn't plan asshole. that. Up. Well, asshole. <laughs> Lucius, you're the one who did it. So the idea 
all this stuff, the secrets and lies that she's going to take to regret because we have these acts of violence going against the Fox family and anything they're involved with. Jason is about him, the idea that he's Batman. But you have like, you know, people associated with the Fox family being gunned down. And then at the end, you have a woman who is kidnapped. It seems like the idea of this random woman who is kidnapped, it's because of him, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's because this woman is the actual mother of Jace Fox, and Tanya Fox is not actually the mother of Jace. And this weird thing that she's been covering up, but I just don't know why now the idea of all these acts of violence, especially because you lived in Gotham for forever before this, it seemed like, and your husband was attacked by a punchline and tortured to the point where he couldn't leave Gotham because of his therapy and all the stuff he was dealing with. All the, even your daughter being in a coma because she you know, was attacked by a supervillain and given an experimental drug. All these things, and all of a sudden, because Ethan got shot, oh my god, poor fucking Ethan, these, these secrets I'm going to take to the grave. You mean where your husband fucked around and you, you yeah, took your, on the job of being his mother? Around. Of the illegitimate child? Like, that, that's something you've got to tell the world. There has to be something bigger than this because this is, if this is it, that's it's the it. smallest weird conversation it. I've ever fucking yeah, heard in my life. I think life. it's the idea of, well, you got to have to tell me he's an illegitimate son. Yeah, I didn't. But in that, that doesn't see. It just, it ends up, though, the way it's played out is Lucius is just, he has been real sus this whole time. So in that, like you said, though, even there, it feels like other things happen. Why wouldn't this have been something when when Jace had all these problems? Why wouldn't you have discussed this then? Or why wouldn't he have found out? Because he's really, you know, he has a lot of technical deals and he even has Vol. Like, this never came up. And I just, I don't get the idea, like, out of nowhere, you're just going to throw all these things in. When the big thing that we want to see is really what they think of him being Batman and what's going to happen. I mean, I think that and we had it in the new 52 where Lucia, they were breaking up. They weren't going to, they looked like they were going to get divorced. What happens when Jace says, listen, I'm Batman and Lucius is known all the time. Like all the, that's interesting to me, but this other stuff added on. Just well, even the idea that all much. this violence that's going down and being perpetrated against the Fox family, it goes back to our time in Gotham. Like who shot fucking anarchy with the moral authority that the seer put together coming off of the magistrate story. So you have these assholes still around who are now talking to the Fox family in New York. I know Lucius is still there doing like Wayne, you know, Enterprises stuff and Fox Tech, whatever you have going on with all the billions of dollars that they now have. But the moral authority coming back and striking against them, like, are we going to tie the series back to the seer where it all started? Because Jay seemed to completely forget that character who was fucking yeah, with really. Him. I, I actually just want to see Jace be a decent Batman before that. So I want. Like you, you kind of push that aside. I actually wanted, Robin. I wanted to get the to the point where he actually was really good and then decides, you know what, I don't need that Batman name. Maybe come up with something else or be Batwing or whatever he's going to be. Just so that Patch if we do go to Luke continue. get a dynamic freaking duo of brothers that would right be awesome. there. I need and, that. Yeah, and have that with, you know, Luke. Jace and Tiff. I mean, this would be cool, it's a but family at, business. In this, it's like more of the drama and the family Tim stuff. But a lot of this motorcycle and stays there because that's all she can do right now. No, she's in the sidecar. Eric. Yeah. She's got some problems. That's, that's, her, that's her superhero name, sidecar. That is sidecar, right? Poor Tim, you were so great in the two thousand. I know, but that's the thing. They use her as a prop to get Jill. everybody upset. I mean, that's what they really laid heavy on at the end of the new fifty two run. But yeah, in this. At the end, when you sit there and think like, well, was this a good book? And we still have two issues left, but it really feels like things are going to get rushed and hacked to the ending. And it wasn't a horrible book, you know, for me and you, at least a lot of people may say that. But if you read it, 
it just was disjointed. It never really yeah. was able to get its own identity. And, and then when it, it did, almost did, it would double it, back. they pulled it away again. It would get yeah, scared we and say, oh, we got to go back to where we're doing. But like, you were almost there. It's almost like go to New York City to get its own identity. It started going there. And then not only did it double back, but it went away from Batman it's completely. Like me, if I went to New York City, I'd just get scared. <laughs> I'd get scared and run home again, crapping my pants. Or as I like to say, taking Clayface to the lake. But you end up where all that fighting Clayface at the lake. <laughs> it just ended up really not doing anything. And they really Please make felt sure you weird. remember that. I want to say that every time. I will try now. But yeah. And, we even said when New York happened, we, we begged people almost to give it a shot. If you didn't give it a shot, give it a shot because this feels good. This feels like how it should have been right away. And then that got yanked away and it wasn't selling. And, you know, now we're going to end it. And it's just it feels like a shame. It, it feels like a shame. It feels like a missed opportunity. But it also feels like, you know, I'm still kind of upset that people didn't give them a chance. But then again, at the end, like we had said about. When I argue with people, hey, there's too much Batman. Well, they're, they're right. But, you know, you, you want people who say, oh, Jace is a terrible Batman. It sucks because they kind of were right by the end, but it wasn't because of why they That's thought Jesus at the fault. beginning. It's not. Yeah, it could have been good. And John Ridley couldn't get out of his own way. He just seemed to be, you know, fucking it up the whole way. But at the end, I mean, we do get Tiff and Jace talking, but even there, it feels more of Small like a potatoes. conclusion than a beginning. Like it feels like that's what we wanted to continue the book. That's what, we, and it's just going to end it. And yeah, small potatoes. And and then you throw in that Hedaya stuff. This uh, drives nothing. me nuts. It drives me nuts though, because this is like almost what Tanya does a lot of times, where she'll go, "Oh my god!" Like she's looking at something online, and I go, "Oh what what?" And she goes, and she's typing. I not, I can't tell you right now. I'm bit. He can't fucking say what the and she's like, I can't deal with two things at once. Like, really? Like all that no, means no, is really. friend zone. Boom. <laughs> like, if you could deal with it, you just deal with it, right? But she's like, No, no, no. I this is too soon. Too soon. It is because we barely know anything about ye. She ye? just showed up. Yeah, she just showed up. And I didn't mean Kanye. Uh you end up where he just shows up. And at one point we thought she was completely gone. Then all of a sudden, she's friends with everybody else. Her name that, you know, we know. Yeah, just out of nowhere. And now all of a sudden, which the play of this, if it lasted any longer. She was, she was trained by Katana as well. It's just crazy. But you would have gotten that, will they or won't they? But there's not enough time for that. But again, there was time. You had 18 issues. This is why I kind of get mad at a two-minute warning like this. What were you doing the rest of the time? You, you were doing a lot of meandering. You were doing a lot of nonsense, you know, with anarchy. Who liked that? That was nonsense. So, the best thing to have in this book is anarchy died. The worst part about it is we had to keep dealing with it. Yeah, that you had to deal with anarchy dying. Like, really? I'll give them the, the high five for you killing them all. back and say, oh, no, you thought this is what happened to anarchy? No, now we have to find out who really shot anarchy. I'm saying that nobody cares who shot anarchy. Make it Morris Caulfield, like you said originally. Yeah, and even in those stories, it didn't seem like he had that much to say about them or anything oh. of import. So. Uh, at the end, what would you give this? Ultimately, I want to give it a 6 out of 10 because I really like that stinger at the end to say that Jace is not, you know, a legitimate son of Lucius Fox. No, Lucius Fox is not as the, the almighty figure that everybody in the family wants to believe he is. It's a thing that shakes the family up. It's a nice, it's not a nice moment. It's a good moment for the book. It adds a lot of drama. But this far in the game, it's very disappointing. This is our ending, how we're going to have to deal with, especially bringing back the moral authority to show it up. And even the idea where it seems like you can really easily get the information where the moral authority goes online and says, 
look, we have, you know, the prince, you know, Jace Fox's mother. Like, what's he talking about? Dad, mom's right here. No, I'm not your mother. This is your real mother. Like, it's, I, I'm pretty sure they just went online and found this out. And like, we were able to target this woman. <laughs> I don't know why. And this uh, has to go back to some seer bullshit. I don't want that either. I, who knows? Look, the ending did strike a chord with me. There were a lot of aspects with the drama department and the family that I do care about, but a lot of the information that we got from the conversations felt very forced, out of place, and just downright, you know, like you said, two-minute warning, which is just a big red flag for me in any kind of comic book, because at this point in time, the reader stops caring because obviously the writer has stopped caring because they just have to fast forward and get the story done, no matter if it comes off like they did a good job or not. So I'm going to give it a 5.9 out of 10. I'm going to... I, I might give it a 6. The funny thing is, at one point, even before the reveal that Jace wasn't part of their family of the Fox family, I actually thought that maybe Tam wasn't as well because she might be part of the Kane family. Eric, that is an inappropriate joke as she came in with her cane. Look nah. at her there. She's having problems. But you end up, he didn't like that joke. She's not a part Edit of the walking family, just, that's for sure. So Carbon monoxide. <laughs> oh, she's not related to J.J. Walker. That is for sure there, my friend. But uh, I, it, it's weird at the end, the idea of, uh, hey, I, I actually expected Jace to go like, oh, I knew that all along. I Like almost how Tiff played off the idea of Batman. And I thought he'd be like, oh, I knew that. I was in the military. I'm a guy who dealt with a lot of info. And <laughs> I, have I knew a guy this. Named Vol, yeah, really. Like, that's what I'm saying. He is next level to cyborg kind of bullshit on the internet. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd know this. Do you think maybe Vol's the one who leaked this? Do you think that maybe we find out that Vol's. And again, what does that do for anybody? Because what does anybody care about? What does about any Vol? of this go with? I'm telling you, what is this matter? Friend. When you say to me, oh my God, get this, Jace slash Tim Fox is a half thing. I, Okay, whatever. <laughs> like, really? And then you end up where, I mean, you know that the rest God of the family. I'm telling you, half of them, like, that explains it. You know? <laughs> I don't know. It might be the carbon dioxide. I just didn't think it was that big of a reveal at this point. The only thing that you can get out of this that's going to be a great moment, because obviously Tiff and Tam are going to be fine. We're going to have some I like, think, problems I with I think them. Tiff but might this, be real upset about this, actually. This, I think this I might think get her. will bring Luke and Jace closer together, because the idea that he's not a part of the family, you know, he is, but he's like not by blood the way that everybody else in the family is. I think Luke is going to be the one to reach out and say, you're always going to be well, my brother Luke's no matter like, what. I knew it. The fucker. God Tam, don't take this away from me. Tam is Tam's still trying to figure out what everybody's saying, Eric. She's got problems. Poor Tam. She's so uh, Tam. I love from the, the progression of her where at the beginning of the, like, she was fine. Oh, and then she, read it went bad again. I, I have to read that. I'd like to see uh, Tam a little more than just a prop. She's so good. Whatever is the hot drug on the street, she's in. Uh, but yeah, at the end, I joke, Eric, but it's just everything felt forced and, and really like we said two minute warning but eh, i gotta chuckle out of it right so we'll go i'm the only one but i, I gotta <laughs> chuckle but we'll go to the last book of the section which is another two minute warning book it really Stand does up. feel like it uh what is it er superman seneca L number 18 written by tom Taylor with art by cn torme ruari coleman scott hannah ronnie olfajardo jr and dave sharp and now it's the time the last stand of red sin even though he just showed it for the first time last issue now it's the last stand of Red Sin. But before we get to all of that, we got to go and rebuild. Now that Daddy's home, we got to go and rebuild the Kent family farm because, you know, John, he's been busy, but, you know, Clark can't have his parents look at him like he's a lazy layabout. So he needs to get the entire Just League together so we can rebuild the Kent family farm and have a little montage of it where Wally's sitting in bathtubs while Superman goes and, like, flies it in and stuff along these lines. But the worst part about it, we have the 
the new security system, the impenetrable bubble that's going to go around the Kent family farm since Superman decided he was going to reveal his identity to the world and put everybody he knows and loves in danger. But what Superman says, I mean, what Batman says is, it will be completely transparent while withstanding extreme heat, cold kinetic energy, telepathic attack, and blood force. This is the strongest shield imaginable. And I'm sitting there when he says this for a family farm like this, because you're going to want this for a Superman, you know, family. House, um, why don't you make all your shit out of this, or at least code it in whatever this is, because make everything indestructible from now on, Batman. You have this, and he's like, listen, I put this shield up, it's impenetrable, all these things. I want somebody to say, I heard this months ago. I heard look, this the look, last time this happened. Nobody planned on somebody dropping a post-human out of an airplane but right on top. the idea was a shielding over it. Like, what did he leave? A little a bubble cone. at the top? A little deal? Like, really? It's a dome now. It was I'm a cone there. I wouldn't trust his ass. I'd get Mr. Miracle or somebody else in there. No, no, you say that. I'm getting Mr. Miracle. I'm getting Mr. Terrific Batman. You leave your ass at home. Exactly. Because from what I, I hear, you don't even have the money to pay for this. Who's out <laughs> really? on the coin at? Real yeah, money get man. Oliver Queen, get the money, man, and then get a bunch of Let's new god technology. Get me a, a half-cousin box in this asshole there. Have something going on. But yeah, Batman doing it again. Uh, but it's, it's again, this book, it's ending. This is it. This is the final issue of The Son of Kal-El. Now but we're going to go off and we're going to have you, you, a miniseries. But Cork, but, you, you and your friends are here rebuilding our house, but where's your wife at? She's hanging with that young, very handsome billionaire. Yeah, because what, that billionaire, handsome, you know, Dick Grayson, that's the guy who everybody goes to for a little... The dynamic duo, Dick Grayson, Lois Lane. The, there's mentoring. She's mentoring. And right now, she's like a down south. That's what she's doing right now. So she's like doing that. And I want somebody to say, like, when the fuck did this Nightwing become a big deal? Like, I know he's cool and all, but seriously. That's because we haven't finished our crisis yet. Then we'll find out why it's the big deal. Big doll. Even ooh. then, in that, and I ended up where I did do a video on the Big Bang deal that we ended up doing on the Patreon, our yeah. Patreon spotlight. It's a, it's a real quick one. But I did mention the idea. You have Dick Grayson and John. They're trying to make these teams to stop everybody. Wallace West should have been the key. He gets a team together, the ragtag bunch that takes down the anti-monitor, and lickety split. So screw the everybody, the Wallace. Best. Wallace should be the best. But <laughs> this is the thing. You start this off. This is nice, right? This that is a nice, nice thing. They're rebuilding the deal. Now, I don't know exactly what's happening to Ma Kent and Wonder Woman when they look like bulldogs while they're looking at the, you know, barn Holy shit. Here. But Carbon monoxide. They look terrible. But the idea of this book in general the idea where Red Sin seems real interesting, and John needs his own rogues gallery if you're going to continue yeah, and have probably. him be, uh, you know, a character like this. So when you end up seeing we, we, that, all we did was Gamora shit, Henry Bendix for the majority of this issue. That asshole is dead. We don't have any bad guys for John anymore. And so at the end, when you're there and you realize this is the 18th issue again, like I said about I Am Batman, what the hell were you doing all this time? And we say about the pacing of each issue, the pacing of the book, and all that stuff, but. Tom Taylor got so involved with the character moments of John is great, John is great, just like he did at Nightwing, and just the reason why they had to throw a lot of stuff at us about Heartless after a year and a half. He never develops the story or the villains enough to actually get going. It's all about rah-rah fan service deals. So when we get to the end of this, all of a sudden you have to rush this red sin, and I'm thinking to myself, this is probably the most interesting you know character that you'd have in this book is. especially the connection with lex and that that should have been screw that bendix shit 
What the hell did that? Because yeah, even this. the idea where Lex wants to mentor this Red Sin character, this Luis, it is very almost John's Metallo to a degree because Metallo has the kryptonite heart and the robotic body that can take and withstand Superman punches. Red Sin, Luis, He's, he has his body infused with red sun energy that could take away John's powers instantly. I'm like, it is a very, like, like a very close version in my mind to it's like, cool. it'll be parallel. And it's yeah, great. yeah, exactly. And so when you do get it, the, the problem and, you know, the thing that's a shame is it's rushed. So you don't really get so to rushed. develop two it. Warning. Eat, I mean, it is. It's a two, this is like 30 seconds left. You have no time out. You, you got to get going. You got two shots in the end zone here. And when you end up going Worth with it, it you realize, okay, and that's the thing. Tom Taylor, you realize he's a good writer. I know a lot of people are starting to get a little fed up with him and some of his politics or whatever. But the idea that he can two-minute warning this and just throw it at us, and I still enjoy it enough. Boy, if you could have developed this over oh, four know, issues. Right? Oh, my God, the, the, the reveals and how. But this is just thrown, even to the point where when I really rolled this my eyes. This is Return of Kal-El Part 6. Here's Red Sun, uh, Red Sin Part 2 within the Return of Kal-El Part 6. I'm like, what are you doing with the final issues? I know. And really, the Return of Kal-El, really? Like, <laughs> you did nothing. So when you go, where okay. I really rolled my eyes about it, though, was when they end up, actually, and we'll go through the whole thing, but when they get Red Sin and say, oh, by the way, it's infused in his body, so we couldn't take it out. I'm like, Oh shit, this shit is just fucking, you know, rammed in there because you don't even have that progression of, you know, oh, this I red, you red sin Sun. deal. No, it no, just I'm rammed it right in Luis. No, they, they end up saying about how he has that <laughs> tech and it's it's infused with him. We can't get it off or he'll die. That's just so that we can get the hell out quick, but he still has the stuff. And the thing is, I'm okay with that. I would have liked to have seen that though. I would have liked to have seen maybe it's hurting him, maybe it's doing this, but we never Did get the anything. Last issue where he activated the red sin, his apartment exploded. Somehow he changed clothes, red sun infused. Yeah, that, that's that's it. And now all of a sudden, oh my and I'm God. I'm okay. Besides for the clothes. I wanted to see more of his character and how. Like, no, I agree. He has a sympathetic well, angle to it. You so and I, I were wanted talking to see about that, it but... before the podcast about the idea where this is very brief and lackluster for a character that I want to like because I do find him interesting because he is such a threat to the Superman family and hates these filthy, stinking aliens and want to walk around like the gods among us. He has the whole walk the walk, talk the talk attitude of a good Superman villain. He's got the powers to go with it. And be- even though this is a really very rushed origin for the character to be an arch enemy of John, we both agreed by our talks before the podcast that it could be great if he continues on. And it looks like he will continue on yeah, because even Lex cool. like, you know, asserts that there will be time for a ways to do more after the next story arc along the lines of whatever Lex is up to. So I'm like, yes, bring him back, really flesh out the character because so far, I still like you what I see. The fun thing, and like you said about Metallo, Metallo's just as much of a threat to any of the Kryptonians. And, yeah. and Redson is a threat to all of them. And you could even have him, if he went away even for a little, you could have him all of a sudden come up and he could be against Supergirl. Because he thinks they're all stinking aliens. He's very much with that Lex motive. And, yeah, it's good. And the, the thing that drives me nuts, though, is Tom Taylor wants to go with that well, I'm going to keep talking to him. No, no, no. That's not at the point of this here. The thing is, that is exactly what he's been doing this entire run. So it goes with the John character that he's he's set up this entire time. So I like it. I think that the idea where he is saying, and he still goes with it, that John will never punch anybody. I think it's bullshit. I think that there are villains that need to be punched. And there are times that Kids you and should. wives, I got you. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> villains. And uh, yeah, I just, that isn't, in my mind... Tom Taylor thinks that that is what's going to push John 
ahead of Superman in people's eyes and want to have John as Superman, and it didn't. It didn't work. It continues the character that we've seen so far. It doesn't. Well, do that's. It. I'm telling you, I could pull up a lot of shitty ideas for characters to the the, the milk that we're gonna comics, when you. we talk about the Wonder Woman later. They keep pushing the milk. It doesn't mean it's good. John, John going about things differently is way better than the milk. Don't, don't fucking yeah, do this. Yeah, but I'm saying you have to do something more to distinguish a character. And you might as we continue. This when is where we are with the he, character But again, right now. we talked about Jace. He wasted his opportunity. 18 issues. It's canceled. These characters don't have to go away. Other people can pick no, them I up know. and do things with them where you can do stuff that's interesting as we progress. Because comics hopefully will never end. Like These characters have been going on for like, you know, 80-some years at this point in time. Hopefully they go on for another 80 I'm years. I'm just and get upset, some great progression. though, because he keeps going with his one thing that has failed. And it has failed. He, his book, no matter what he says, this book is canceled. It's going to go to a, a mini-series, it, but that's to end yeah. You know, just like Tom King, I'm halfway through my story. No, no, you're not. You, you fucked up, and now he got fired ahead. They give him a, Everybody gets a mini-series. You, you get fired, you get a mini-series. So there you go, and Tom Taylor himself is exclusive DC, so they're not going to screw around with him, but... I'm not saying the guy didn't fuck around a lot with his, you know, like... Just take his good-ass time to do what he needs to do to really pad out this whole story because he really hates... You know, progressing whatever he's doing very quickly. He's just here to give you the, hey, this character's great. And it works with Nightwing. It's not working This character is fine right now for who he is. I'm telling you, I wish we would have spent less time with Gamora and all that because it seemed like it took forever to really do nothing. Ultimately, we are where we are, and I don't mind the place we are. I just wish we could have gotten more story within that time. I really, when he's like, well, Dad, I I did try to talk to him. I I wish Cal's like, listen, pal, like, that works with some people, but some it does. The idea that he goes in, hey there, buddy, like, F you. And he's like, oh, man. See you next week. What's what's going (laughs) on? Finally, you know, we'll see it. I love the progression of the panels. You just have panel after panel. And then finally, after three years, hey, man, what's up? Well, what asshole? Oh, I made some progress. Look, I'm <laughs> he didn't you, say to f me. This is what we're doing right now with John Ken against this guy Red Sin, who has you know problems because his parents were xenophobes. He's a xenophobe who blames his parents' death on these lousy fucking aliens. I can get where he's going with the idea of what we see in Superman. Now, if we move on, where John Kent confronts Ultraman and turns the other fucking cheek, I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind. But, but which right Ultraman? Now, okay, Eric, which Ultraman who would knows? that be? I don't know how it's gonna work out continuity wise. Because we've remade the multiverse a few times since then, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, and Ultraman died and then yeah. came back as a different one with a new origin. But even then, that's him going off with Valside. That seems cool. But it was also seven years in the past, so I don't even know how that works out for when John know. went there. I, I just imagine that the big play will be like, oh, finally, there you are, Ultraman. I'm going to take you down. He's like, who the hell are you? I'm not that Ultraman. Oh, God crap. damn it. That's a way for John to get over it where he realizes that the guy that he hates doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, well, we'll see. And we wanted to see more of that. And I think that Tom Taylor dropped the ball a bit with some of the things where the entire series. Yes. The trauma of John. You know, this idea that he was aged up. That was Bendis. It wasn't Tom Taylor. But he comes in here and you could have progressed the character as like with the idea of the trauma that he faced, but also he became Superman. This should be something that you could tie it in even when he came out as bisexual. That struggle of trying to, you know, get things right and whatnot. It just seemed like he was able to do everything perfect and it didn't really give, you know, the idea of any sort of troubles. Well, John's a walking billboard that has no real emotion or soul for no. anything that well, came No, remember from at past. the beginning, the only thing that you, me and you fought about at the beginning was John was angry at the beginning of not being the, the great you know, Superman, and he was having some problems, and that just went away. 
And so he ended up where, oh, yeah, they think I killed somebody, but I didn't. And then we go on. And once Jay came in, that became the hype of the book. So you ended up focusing on that. And you didn't really get a lot of progression except for he's great. And that's where I really wanted more of that. And yeah, it's it might be the play that could be nice. But the only thing that I think of Red Sin, and I don't think that this is crazy to think, that eventually he'll realize that Lex was the one who really did do something to cause his parents' death because it was in the lab and they were doing nonsense stuff, whatever. But it turns out it was the Monkey Prince's parents all along. Well, I thought of the Monkey Prince's parents right away. I'm like, all these people with that. He finds out he's the half-brother of Monkey Prince. But I just think that he'll end up finding a security tape, like down the line of like Lex pushing this thing that they're, no, 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 this is unstable. We shouldn't do it. Keep doing it. And it'll just be Get that Red Sin finished. Peasants. Yeah, really. Yeah. And when you're in working with Lex Lamel again, they, they kind of were hateful anyway. I was going to say, if you're there and you start working on Red Sun technology, they call it Red Sun. You've got to get out of there. Get another the job. But hey, it really pays for well. stinking aliens to protect mm. us every day. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just going to keep talking to them. And I hope that that isn't just the play of, all right, we're going to put him away for a while. Such a weird idea, though, because I'm telling you, I like Red Sin. He seems to be a genius-level kind of character, even though he's young. He has been able to solve the problem with the Red Sin that his scientist parents weren't able to do before their death. But the way that we're going to have this final competition after we go and you know fix the Kent family farm is, we have a bomb threat at the Daily Planet. At the same time, Jimmy Olsen gets a pizza delivered to him. He's like, I didn't order any pizza, and then opens the pizza box, gives gas to the point where he's passed out, and then Luis Rojas, the Red Sin, goes and kidnaps him. And we have the situation then. He goes out to the woods with Jimmy's signal watch. And while what did John, he do with Jimmy, by the way? I don't like, know. Maybe Jimmy just Jimmy? passed out his apartment. I just don't know who gets a, a Do you think he has his pants on and opens still. it? Do you think he pranked him or anything? Do you think I, I he did like think he, some crazy shit? Is, Jimmy's a human. I don't think he has any problem. If it was a filthy alien, he definitely would. It's true. He ends up asshole. saying, you didn't hurt Jimmy. But I don't know. That gas might have helped. I'm telling you, it's really affected me down here. just think about the idea. You might do this because like you know, you probably asked if the pizza was also already paid for before you took it. But he takes the pizza he didn't order, opens it up after saying I didn't order any pizza. When you open it up, does this count as do I accept this if the toppings are what I like, or do I not accept it? Like, what is the point of opening pizza? Because I never would touch the goddamn pizza if I didn't order it. But Jimmy guesses himself. Here's the thing: you could have played it in my deal of like all of a sudden. Now I don't know this delivery guy with his motorcycle helmet on. He looks like the cool rider from Greece too. Cool I wouldn't rider. trust him. But if you ended up having it where all of a sudden I see, oh my god, DoorDash, they accidentally delivered. <laughs> That's I'm all I could think shit. about was all this DoorDash going to your house. Remember that one point where it was like solid gold for me for a week where we got like three or four deliveries from I DoorDash? Swear, I swear that Rafe was using your credit card to order these things. And you were just not keeping track. Usually I check that shit, but you might be on to something, Eric. Uh, but well, I look, ended free up, food. Yes, well, Dad. Oh, my God. Yeah, free. Uh, one day we ended up. favorite things. Weird. One day we did get a delivery uh, from uh, DoorDash. And when I did look, and it was from like Chipotle. It did say from Ethan Werner or to Ethan Werner. And I thought, huh, well, maybe Ethan accidentally had the thing. I was going to eat it. It's it was weird Rafe. they had the same name as my son. But the Curious. weird play is that I think that Rafe really screwed over Ethan. He used his deal. But eh, it was, I don't really. But Chipotle is not one of my favorites. So I didn't. But it wasn't who knows? Anyway. If it was a pizza, <laughs> there might have been some things missing. There. And, but and the way we go about this, like we talked about, you have a bomb threat at the Daily Planet. Both father and son supermans, they go to this whole thing, evacuate the building. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy's watch goes off. Superman goes off to the distance to go save Jimmy Olsen. 
And then eventually, after John realizes, hey, there's a device in this Harry's office, it does nothing, but I'm still going to chuck her into the sun. And then I'm going to go and do this, where he falls out of the sky because Red Sin is there. It's such a weird roundabout way to get him in the open. It is a roundabout way. It's really odd. But you also remember that as they were doing this, hey, doesn't this sound like a trap death? Yes, it does. Remember to break the glass. And I was like, what the hell is that? Right? Well, the thing is about breaking the glass is the best part of this book. Because I'm saying, the the stuff that Ken family fun, it's very nice. I think Batman's very weird and very off. But overall, seeing the the Justice League put together a Ken family fun, even though I swear in the one panel of the montage that Wonder Woman's just sitting there doing Tai Chi while everybody else is working, I don't know what the deal is, but the breaking you the like You moment. like how Jordan, he's like, they finally call me and I got to oh, do no. this shit? Like, what, what is he doing, though? I swear he's just putting a construct with a window. I'm like, that's not a real window. It's a construct, Hal. Do something. He's like, once you leave there, Hal, it's gone. He's like, eh, But whatever. the idea that we have the Red Sin like character here who has the ability to take away Kryptonian's powers immediately because they're infused with Red Sun radiation we have this, but what we don't know is that while John was in the 31st century with the Legion of Superheroes, that Brainy had built him this belt. And the idea of break glasses, the, the, the little glasses on the front of his belt, because, yes, I like this part. There are elements like the idea that anything touching a Kryptonian skin is nigh indestructible, just like they are. So I'm like, uh, this is something that Superman's dealt with for a long time. I was hoping we got away from it because we could have, like, you know, we have a goddamn indestructible shield around the Kent family farm. I'm sure we can have indestructible clothes if we need to, especially from aliens and other dimensions. All the stuff to just like play with. But this is the reason that John and Superman's you know suits stay on their body when they do super crime stuff. And his belt, because even though it's not touching his skin, it's touching the clothes that are touching his skin. A proximity thing, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you know. But it goes down the moment, line. This 31st century technology, which I love so much, if you break the front of the belt, it infuses John with a gigantic dose of yellow radiation that supercharges him, which he needs right now. His eyes are glowing blue. He looks like he's going fucking Super Saiyan with all of the red sun radiation going off him. You and I both believe this is going to lead to his problem of being the blue and red sun. Yeah, because like, no, he's already boy. having a little problem, and I think that this is one of those almost like the solar flare. Exactly. That he ended up, and it's a, a belt version of it. Now, I, I wish so that he cool, was too. I wish that he's like trying to hit the belt and he's like so weak because of the deal he can't break the glass. He's oh, like, no. oh no, I'm a weakling. It's I'm not like indestructible. Eric. Oh no, uh, it would be funny. Uh, but there's also that other play too because you have Red Sin who basically his power is to take away their powers and then with that he can shoot them and he wants to which, kill them. Though he doesn't do it to Cal, which he could have done before. And then you end up having that idea. Everything seems in retrospect and all. You put on that bulletproof vest that Nightwing told you to. Yep, I always listen to him. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, the, the, the I whole just, play like, was just I so see. over the you, top force. I, I but just, it's okay. I see every ripple of every muscle on your chest and abs in that skin tight suit that you're wearing, John. Where the fuck are you hiding that vest? Well, that is the fake abs and, <laughs> and muscles. He's, he's not that different there. But yeah, and so you have that. But again, it has to throw in the idea. Well, that Nightwing, <laughs> that guy can't do anything wrong, uh, which is okay. I love Nightwing, but seriously, uh, Lois is banging him right there. That's what I want to say. When you see that bang, 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 that's actually their super hearing, hearing Lois and Nightwing going at it at the apartment. But Clap them, when geez. you have that deal, like, it is a funny play of Break the Glass, and then you're still like, but he got shot before that. Oh, oh, he had a bulletproof vest on. Okay. I'm like, really? Him powering up, though, getting Clark, his father, out of the way, flying away, because even the idea where the Red Sin, it is a projectile, which I don't agree with, but you, it's worked out that way. But it really does seem almost like, I don't know if you have to get hit by the blast, but I also feel it's like a proximity thing if you're around Red Sin or Luis here. But 
they fly away and just hit him with some arctic breath to freeze him right and there. And what which, you're telling me, he's dead, right? Oh, yeah, he's totally dead. Whenever this happens for anybody, I always think that you're dead, and you never are, but I like that you can attack it from afar, and even that Red Sin knows the last minute that this is the, what their plan is, and just goes, monsters. Yeah, yeah. Now, with that as well, this is set up to be John's villain. But really, he's against Krypton and really should be more against Superman Kal-El because that's what his parents would have been making, all that stuff. I wish that there was more time to develop that the idea that, you know, Cal left. Maybe he even saw the announcement. There's Cal flying off the war world. Oh, no, what are we going to do? And he's like, finally, I can relax. Oh, no. There's another one, and it's John that he could get upset. Well, they John can't tell you in the story, though. He they, they totally freaking xenophobia hates all of these swifty aliens. His his parents obviously hated Superman well before they ever knew about John or anything along those lines. But what we don't know, but Superman's been away. John came out, and he also hates gays. Well, he might. I mean, you may have that. The problem I have though is he had Superman right there, that, dead though. to rights. He could have shot him right in the head and killed him, and that would have been the first step. But you can't do that. So it's kind of silly that he ended up having Cal accept the idea, I really wanted to get to that John. And there really wasn't a reason to have a pick between who he hated. He hates the Kryptonians. He'll hate Cal. John, you know, Supergirl, Kara, all that. And yeah, it's a threat to everyone. But it seemed kind of silly that this is directed fully at John in my mind because you never really got to develop much of it. It could have been something really good. It's still cool. It's still cool, but it's rushed. Where do you even miss the idea where John is doing stuff, you know, pushing his politics, being more street? Yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have seen him really get mad at that. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen. And really, if you want to do it, you can. He could be homophobic. He could be upset about the politics. He could end up being upset about all that. And yet he left Cal alive. You had this as well, though, with the idea that his mother's pushing how her son is a hero, Lois Lane, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. And doing this whole thing, you have the truth, you have all this, what he believes to be misinformation being put out to the people about yeah, John and, he and says, his father. And he says about that, I, it just is a shame. We didn't get a couple issues more of him, just like I said, the idea, oh man, you know, one of them leaves and the other one just steps in and they're even going with the play, do a little meta commentary of the idea, all they keep doing is pushing how great this kid is and he's not and they don't see it. And it would have been a little bit more of a deal to get him centered on John. but. It's okay. And when he does go super Saiyan, like you said, that really Saiyan, seems Saiyan, like Saiyan. Saiyan, right. it seems like the idea that that's what's going to push the whole deal of, you know, him changing red, blue and all that stuff coming up. So that's kind of a cool deal, too. Uh, and then you could blame Brainiac, who I'm then you find you, out that's that not the case. I like having this thing. I think it's pretty badass. And then they, they do lock him up and. You know, Red Sin's there and John's going to talk to him. But in the meantime, the, the talk that he wants to hear, he gets from Alex, a hologram who basically says, I'm proud of you. Your parents would be proud of you. And it really is leaning in to get this, you know, Superman revenge squad of his really getting going. Because this would be somebody who would be a heavy hitter against the Kryptonians. He really is. I mean, he has a power that is incredible. And if you really go with the thing, if he even went against it, I think Lex pulls out. You know, the lawyers, well, actually, you have our tech here. and But he's impressed with the kid who the parents couldn't figure it out. And he figured it out in an afternoon. And he's totally going to use this kid to his benefit. Oh, yeah. And when you see, I'm telling you, the idea where you see Lex hologram and you see him, you shave his head and he looks like he could just fit right in with Lex. They have very similar expressions and whatnot. We might find out How there's something going on there. He's got beautiful hair. He does, actually, he does. Uh, but yeah. It's um, like Peter Petrelli from season one of Heroes. 
Does he? I think he looks like a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of a younger Dick Grayson. That's what he looks because everybody looks like and goes to Dick Grayson for advice. He went for, you know, look advice. Can you go for looks advice? But what would you give this? Ultimately, the thing is with Red Sin, I really enjoy the character. I wish it was not as rushed as it was. I like a lot of this book, but it's just like you said, 30-second warning for what we have going on here. The art's fine. It's not great overall, but it is fine with what it does. Red Sin rushed, and it's not. It's still fun, but I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. The thing is, I, I feel weird about this issue because it's not a great issue, but it's still a good issue, but it could be way better with the stuff that it has, but it doesn't want to focus on the stuff that it has for some reason. Even the idea, if you would have done more with Red Sin in the beginning of the book, instead of showing the Justice League build a fucking farm, I don't need that as much as I need character development for a new villain for John Kent in his own goddamn book. And it's funny because that's kind of the facsimile of this whole run. You always ended up with that stuff when you didn't need it all the time. It's fine showing your character is great and all that, but when you want to get to the, the nitty gritty, and a lot of times, especially with a Superman book or, you know, the family deal, a lot of it, and all of the comics do, you, you want to build that rogues gallery and you want to have that strong villain. That's what makes a strong, you know, hero is the villain against him. And this seems really cool. It seems like there's a lot of, you know, that deal that this could be something big. And instead, we're watching, you know, a barn raisin uh, there. We have that a lot in our area, Eric. We have a Do lot we? of Amish, so I don't need that. But it just, that was just there, you know, a mountain Lancaster. Well, you you, end up, you didn't know. Yeah, but things aren't that weird there, out there. Move. So you end up with all this. It just seemed like that was extraneous stuff. That you, you could have even saved that for that. You know, everybody involved 1050 that's coming up, or you could have had it in that Kal-El return special. But in this, for the last issue of this book with John, he set it up better. And, and I wish that they would have set it up. I wish Tom Taylor would have set it up a couple issues ago going into this that this really would have hit. But it, we still liked it enough. I'm a 7 out of the 10 as of well. The story so. where you can pick up these things in Action Comics number 1050, Project Blackout, which is Lex Luthor's next big thing before he gets back to Red Sin. And then. Adventures of Superman, John Kent. He's on the story with some, you know, well, not this story, maybe, but some John Kent action going forward. Well, yeah, John will go into the multiverse and try to take back to Ultraman. We hardly knew ye. I just wish we did more time in the time that we hardly knew ye. You have that, and now we have Action Comics after the 1050. It's going to be a three-part story. So are you going to rely on Philip Kennedy Johnson to tell this Red Sin story, and that seems like that might be a little bit too much. It might not be something that he's going to tell, so we might have to wait a little bit longer. I don't know. Whatever it is, after Project Blackout. Yeah, it's Dan Jurgens who has that, you know, back in the day, young John story back on the farm, the Lois and Clark stuff, and then you end up having Leah Williams on a Power Girl story on that. But those are like a three-parter and then a six-part. So we will so you're rotate telling me is things. Action Comics is just going to become Batman Urban Legends. It is. It's fully Batman Urban Legends. It's going to be three it didn't stories. Work out for Batman Urban Legends. Why are we doing it for Action Comics? They didn't raise the price, so maybe that'll get some people they didn't involved. Raise the stakes either. If that's <laughs> true, but maybe what we'll see is Tom Taylor jump in with one of those stories down the line to tell this Red Sin story. That'd be cool too. Uh, uh, we'll see how it is, but it will be an anthology, just like Urban Legends. That's exactly what it's going to be. So we'll see how that works out. And then Joshua Williamson is taking over the Superman book with Cal Allen. He's telling his story there. So hopefully we have enough great Superman characters and the whole Superman family that do stuff with it. It doesn't feel as extraneous as what we got with the Urban Legends where it's like, here's somebody who's a bat related to Batman, like, you know, 
to the furthest point you could possibly think of to do an urban like legend story. Like, you know, something that actually feels like it takes place in modern day Metropolis and has actual stakes for what's going on in the current Superman story and elevates the characters in a whole. Because yeah, I would once love you that. get past like the first four issues of Urban Legends, we're kind of done with that aspect. Well, remember we got I'd say the first bunch of stories. We ended up having the the Red Hood story by Chip Zdarsky oh, yeah, and the Grifter six. story by Matthew Rosenberg. Those were six. And then you started, but each time it was like a little less. And you're like, okay, well, that's okay. Ooh, now we're going to do this. Now all of a sudden, there's Batman 1 million. Fuck. For us to drop a Batman book on the, it's because it was nothing and it wasn't selling and whatnot. But yeah, so hopefully it won't get to that point, but we'll see. But there we are. We're done one section of books. We're going to head off, but we will be back. People, don't go away. We have the Clune Red section. And I believe Eric loved both of the, the Clune Red books away. here. They are ready to rock, Eric, the Clumrads, but we'll be back uh, in a second. Yeah. Yeah, I can't talk now. I'm having problems. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair, blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shake. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just Eric Shea. That is just Eric Shea, Eric. That was not the male song. It was uh, not. We, we had a snafu. Uh, I've had Don't some, put me in this. I've had some computer program. Well, you're in with me. You, you end up by default the two sweetest words in the English language with, I've been having computer problems, but I've also been having furnace and carbon monoxide and soot problems. I think they all might be connected. And my lovely wife ended up saying that Maybe now. we have problems. Well, because the computer just shut down. We were about to start the mail, and boom, it just failed. And it took us a while now An to get it back up. Minutes. Yeah, yeah, until Tanya said, maybe there's some soot in the computer. Maybe you should clean it out. Now it's yelling at her, what do you know? Get out of here. And it's giving her, you know, showing her the backhand. I was like, oh, do. my God. And, uh, monoxide. No, I meant my, I meant my, my. Hockey shot. I'm pretty good with the backhand. That's yeah, Wayne not. Gretzky said to always practice that. But in the whole deal of it, it seems like maybe she was right. So we're going to try to do this section of books and get you know, that. Go back to spousal right? abuse because if I spent this time waiting and you were just practicing your backhand, I'm going to be very upset. That would be funny. Well, as I was saying, <laughs> I actually I kept trying to restart. I'm looking at all these things. You ended up looking exactly what I looked up, so I was already trying yep. it. But I I kept giving it this thing and. It just seemed like the computer had failed and it wouldn't go into Windows. I tried but hitting it. I tried yelling at it. Nothing would work. And then I checked the computer. Oh, my, Eric. That is more of the deal there. Like your beers uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, domestic stuff. But all in all, it's back up. We're crossing our fingers, but we're just going to get this done in a way that we can get out, and then I can edit it, and then we'll figure all this out tomorrow as well. I even gave you the option to maybe even continue tomorrow, which I was hoping you wouldn't take, no. but I felt bad because you were sitting around waiting for this. So here we are, though. And it's just a lot of problems this week. Me, you, what everybody, I Jess, Tanya, I don't know. Who knows? You do crazy stuff. I don't do anything. Sparking up over there. You Punching know, darts. Talking, talking philosophically. I think you might be high. I don't know, Eric. That's what I think might have happened. And then the weird play, though, is when this does happen, it does seem like the power goes out. But I think it's just the popping of the computer. I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. It's driving me nuts is what it's doing. But we're going to get this done. You computer, you keep going. 
I'm gonna start do it, stroking it. I'm gonna it. start stroking it. No, nobody you can likes do that. It, computer, you can do it. Merry crisis, Merry crisis, computer. Please, when don't have you been shut down. Never been able to turn anything on. Get the hell out of here. Let's that do this. That is true. Please listen to Eric, computer. It's gonna do like Black Pink and shut down. Eric, you don't even don't get, get that reference because no. that was one of their big bangers, if I would say so myself. Yeah. Jenny thinks so, but she's there in the go. group. She might be biased. I don't know. She's Are in you the there? Hey, boy. Oh, my goodness, computer. This is the thing. we got to get this done, and now I'm on a tangent there. Come on. Keep going, computer. Kiss my grant. No, computer. I don't want to kiss your grits. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Let's see if this works out. Batgirls number 13 is what we're going to start. This is the Clunrad section, so it really makes sense. I don't want to talk about these books. Neither does my damn computer. It's like, listen, computer, do you want to talk the Clunrad section? Unacceptable! Oh, my goodness gracious, we're in trouble. What do you want to talk about, computer? Wolfman. Weird that it changes voices, but the sentiment's there. I want to talk Wolfman. And now that we have him Larry Talbot at? specifically for the Wolfman, we could be there. Larry Talbot. How dare you? Take that, Eric. Batgirls number 13, written by Michael Clib, Michael W. Conrad and Becky Clonan. And art, Eric, by Jonathan Case. That's it. It's it. Pretty, Colors pretty and letters. Yeah. And letters. Isn't that a shocker? We don't really have that. But that guy is a quadruple threat. And hey, three maybe, things. It, do you think he gets paid extra? I'm, I'm, being, I'm telling you, I'm at, well, he does the inks as well. Pencils, inks, colors, letters. Sometimes you have all four on the book. Do you think he gets a little bonus or do you think he gets all of the monies? All of the monies. I think that they, they go cheap on you then. And there's real no reason to do that. But if it, if there is a way you could do it, I'm in. That's what I'm a quadruple threat with that back end. three things. Gotcha. Yeah. So we continue the Freaky Friday. Is it or is it the shitty Sunday? Is it versa. the idea of the vice versa? Is it a face off? Uh, this not a issue, face-off. though, once we're past the idea of how the hell would they know to do a wish and flip a coin and it lands on its side, that makes Zodiac. no sense. No sense that makes, right? Then you get Madame Zodiac. I'm glad that I didn't say something last time we had Batgirls because I really, really thought I wish you the way that it played was out. was very uncomfortable. Well, really, I know. Not much of a review on my side. The idea where when I went back to look at it, I ended up where I thought maybe we had a little – because the old lady didn't say much. I really thought that cat and the lady had vice versa. And the cat's brain was in the lady. Because remember, you ended up having them both there, like really looking weird and stuff like that. And I thought this was going to be some sort of crazy idea that a villain had been stuck at a cat, went to the lady, and then neither the vice versa. So you wanted to be like Manchester Black when his mind got stuck in a cow. That's what I thought of. And that's basically, I was going to say Manchester Black, but he was in a cow. But like that. Because when you go back, you look, the cat had that two different eye colors, almost like the Joker. You ended up having a lot of weird stuff with it, but it wasn't that. And in fact, the cat disappears. The cat was just a way to get stuff. But why was it it just none of that makes sense? No, the whole idea that we have a coin that was a magic coin that Barbara and Bruce will get to the bottom of and be the I want to say classic, but the pseudo villain, you know, Madame Zodiac from the Batman comics and stuff along those lines, the, the criminal broker that she is. She just gave the Batgirls the wish that they wanted, you know, how to be vice versa for a day. And while that's going on, we also have the craziest thing going on because while the wish comes true, it's neither heads nor tails, it just ends on its side. It doesn't really matter. 
It's a magic coin. Madam Zodiac, none of that matters. We just have our Batgirl switching bodies for a day. And during that day, Cass is taken by her mother, Lady Shiva. And Steph is taken by her father, Clue Master, who she doesn't know is alive yet, even though previously in the continuity, she did know he was alive. But that doesn't matter because I talked to you about this before we got started today, where the idea is I'm usually a continuity stickler where I like things to flow together, writers to pick things up from other writers from where they left off. I will give it this, though. While that doesn't happen here, I might be able to fucking look the other way, just clap my hands and say it never happened because what the Clue and Reds do here with Clue Master, just talking about the idea how he thought he, he should have been dead. He was dead for three days. I don't know what that means yet, but he Yeah, just, that doesn't make sense, it. though, in the deal. But, but I'm saying yeah. it's better than just Bendis coming in and saying, oh, I faked my death. You ended up when Bendis, and all this is from the Young Justice book. Now, granted, you ended up starting the Young Justice, and Bendis fucked up. I mean, there's no two ways about it. This is what Bendis did. This is what he does a lot of. He ends up messing up something in continuity because he doesn't check into those, and people don't seem to want to tell him anything accurately so he ends up in that young justice having just an aside where steph talks about her dad well her dad at that point should have been dead so when he gets later on i think it was issue 17 or 18 of the run of young justice near the end at the last second he goes in there to try to correct his own mistake which should have never happened and that is the problem and so i I still do get mad at this because First off, when we get to the next book, Wonder Woman in the Clue Red section, I will again get upset about the idea that things like a checkmate, where you end up having the Clue Red seemingly grab onto a lot of Bendis stuff and try to use it, but then they mess up even what Bendis had. So it's all around. Now, with that, all you have to do is pretend, and I'll give you the idea, like you said. You could get by it because you like this better. You even have the scar, which is crazy, Agreed. right? I'm t- that just makes for more some sense, reason. though. I don't, I don't like it, but I can go with it and I can try to just, you know, take my continuity kids, the belt aside and just think to myself, this is what we needed for the originally and it is better than we got previously. So can I just be a little bit happy? So what you're telling me is Bendis broke the continuity kid. Bendis really (laughs) did break it because now you're saying continuity kid, but anything Bendis, screw it. You know, you just want to get away. But in it, all you really have to do, it's a shame that they didn't, they weren't aware. You could still have this story. Because what ended up happening the last time we saw Clemester is he got the crap kicked out of him. Steph was beating the crap out of him. Connor had to stop her from almost killing him. She was, was that mad. Yeah, I no, I think it was Connor who ended okay. up coming in and stopping her. For some reason in my mind, it was just Tim and Steph how I remember it. But okay, no, I'll, I'll go with that. I just don't yeah, remember. Yeah, I think it was Connor if I remember. Okay. But even so, they stopped her. And they said, listen, he's going to rot in jail. Just let him go. You know, it, this isn't you. Don't let him get. And she, okay, okay. And they took him off the jail. Now, all you have to do in this, it doesn't have to be the idea of, oh, my God, you're alive. It could have just been he escaped back, from Daddy. jail. He ended up escaping from jail and comes Daddy's in. That would back, still be a girl. Yeah, that still would be the surprise. You don't really have to change anything with it, especially because of the idea that originally in the beginning of this, it is Cass there with them. And I told you before that I thought that this was just going to be a story where you know, not just walking in your own the, the shoes, because there really wasn't much of a Freaky Friday, especially when they do end up telling you, which you were wondering, will she have that, you know, read the body language, but you're switching minds, so she doesn't have that. What's all this is, is, all this is, is at the end, they're going to say, man, your mother, oh no, your dad, that's all it is. I can't say there's a lot going on here, especially for a vice versa Freaky Friday scenario that they had to set up to make this all go down, because... 
The girls have a girls' night sleepover. They flip a magic coin. That wake up the next morning. They have switched bodies. They try to play it out, but both of their individual parents at the same exact them. time when they're getting kidnapped. By and the, the whole idea, though, that you have these characters switched over. So you have Steph and Cass's body kidnapped by Shiva or taken by Shiva. You have Cass and Steph's body who's incapacitated by the drugs that she drank for some reason with Clue Master. So pretty much you just have Cass in the body of Steph, like pretty much being driven by Clue Master where she does nothing the entire time. Clue Master says, yeah, I thought I was dead. It's crazy. I know. But you have, you know, Steph and Cass's body talking to Lady Shiva who realizes, oh my God, you're not my daughter. Who the hell are you? And the best part about this that side of things was better. It was a lot better because you actually did something because even yes. the idea where, you know, Steph is in Cass's body. Cass is one of the most dangerous people in the DC universe, but it's not, you know, Cass behind the wheel of the car right now. It is Steph driving the body. She's not as good as Cass. She doesn't have all the abilities that Cass has. But when you have the situation when Lady Shiva wants to get to the bottom of like, oh, my God, you're not my daughter. Where the hell is my daughter? And you have this fight. They do a really good thing here where you don't have Steph beat Lady Shiva because that'd be ridiculous. You have her hold her own for a few minutes because Steph is so unpredictable that Lady Shiva can't read her movements like ahead of time. I like this because while you have this thing that elevates Steph as a character showing that she is worthwhile as a fighter, she's just unpredictable and just not as trained as any other fighter in the Bat family. She can hold her own, but ultimately Lady Shiva does get the better of her. And we just have a situation here where you have stuff that you'd normally get whenever Lady Shiva shows up with and talks about Cass, where I do love my daughter. I made her this way. She's this way. I want us to be something again. You get that again. But what this does for Steph, I think it does elevate her because it shows you that she is a capable Batgirl in a different way, but it does nothing for the vice versa. Bits. Yeah, I took it a little. It was a little different. I mean, obviously, we know that and you should know Cass is a better fighter than Steph. She's trained like that, but Steph can hold her own. I actually thought that they might have played the idea that Maybe Steph would even do a little better, but she is in somebody else's body. I mean, there is going to be, if all of a sudden I'm in your body and you're in mine, I'm six foot five. I, I don't you're know what your head off happening, right? stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm doing all that nonsense. But I like the play, and it really works out. And this is something that I brought up over the years in the podcast, but it, it just ended up really clicking with this. When you end up and you're playing hockey, and this has happened a lot, we used to play a lot of pickup hockey games, yeah. even like street hockey, uh, you know, in our area. It's huge. So we used to play. And, you know, I, I would love to say that I'm a little bit skilled. And the thing is, though, there are times when you go and you play against somebody who's never played before and you have the hardest time. You could be the most skilled. But you know why? Because you deke right and they don't even move. <laughs> you run right. You, you make move. And that's how it almost plays out like this. The way that, you know, Shiva is trying to attack, but things aren't making sense because the way she's attacking, she thinks Cass would react a certain way. And, and Steph doesn't know that. Because she can't be the body so out the window, crazy. Yeah, so it ends up where, and then it almost starts to get goofy. And I'm glad they pull it back. It almost gets to be that Looney Tunes deal of knocking shit over, and then it's the, you know Three Stooges. Oh my god, I got to grab that, whatever. But what I do like and what I don't like, I like what you get with Shiva talking about Cass. Now you might say, oh, it's a shame. Like you're supposed to say, it's a shame Cass isn't there to exactly. hear it. Well, first off. If Cass was there, it would never come up anyway exactly. because she would be. And also, they did kind of work it out a little bit at the end of James Tynan's detective run. It ended up being that idea of, you know what, I know I give you crap and, you know, I don't want you to be involved with the Batman, but you are pretty good. And they even consider, uh, continued it in Batman and the Outsiders as well. Yeah, and they, that's actually, you're right. And it continued there. So it seems like they're stuck in that rut. It seems like they keep doing it. Now, that is their rut. That's what we have all the time. 
But if you are somebody who has read a bunch, it's not a continuity error. It just ends up on repeat. And I kind of want them to advance from that. And when they start talking about the idea of the League of Assassins and we don't have them anymore, and I think that that's stuff that I want to see. I want to well, see I'm, that I'm trying more. to understand how that works. We're like, what's Taya Al Ghul up to with well, this whole and thing? That's the, what the League I of Assassins is here, but Lady Shiva's is not a part of it. She's just keeping an eye. I'm like, are you still a part of the League of Shadows? How does that work out? With the overall League of Lazarus, League of Assassins, League of Shadows, where are we left with in the wake of Ra's al Ghul's death? And I want to see that. And I want to, so that gives you a little, I don't think we're going to do that. I don't think so either. I think that all we're going to get is high five. Our parents are both pieces of crap and then they go off and we do whatever. But that was intriguing to me. And that was interesting more than I think what they're trying to do in the main deal, but they do bring it up. And so when you're going through this though, at points, even with Steph in Castles, I just, you almost sit there and say, just say it. Just say, listen, I mean, Lady Shiva has been involved in some real funky stuff, and so is everybody else. If you Me end up too. saying, hey, and so you even have the idea, well, we know that she's not going to kill Steph slash Cassie because that's Cassie's, but she spells this out. We know that that's not going to happen, but they try to play that game a little too long. And I really thought, Hey, listen, we did this wacky thing. This happened. I know we have got to go save Cass, but when they end up where Shiva just stays behind, and it, it just felt a little weird at one point. You think that felt a little bit weird because we do have our girl switch back, and so like Cass has to go save Steph now because she knows where Steph is. It, it was weird because you end up having a Freaky Friday, and usually the big play is let's discover how we get out of the Freaky Friday. And instead of that, they just say, they oh, waited out the clock. 24 hours. It's, yeah. it's the clock. Because they the whole idea know. that we have going on here, while you are interested in the Batgirls and what they're dealing, I don't think they're doing enough with it. But stuff with Ste- uh, Steph, like in Cass's body, I think actually played out really well. I liked I lo- it. And I said the idea that the Clue Master coming back this way is better than what we had previously, so I can allow that to be a little bit better. When we have Batman and Batgirl on the case, where Batman seemed utterly unimpressed last issue about this whole thing, where it's, you know, first we have Barbara in the Wayne Manor freaking library just looking up occult symbols. Oh, I found this. Let's bring in Zatanna. She's in her classic fishnets look. Why is that? Oh, it's laundry day. We have a 70s era look to everything going on with almost a Super Friends quality smile. It's very weird to the point where she does her backwards magic with the coin, finds out it's, we can go over here to this old woman who's actually Madame Zodiac. But these characters, they fill up a lot of this issue. They don't do anything because the problem fixes itself. You have Zatanna show up classic fishnets look everybody wants to see it there's no reason for it just laundry day i mean it's batman batgirl and zatanna fucking around with a seance a secret seance room in wayne manor if they could pull this shit out of their ass and it does nothing for the book because it fixes itself it is a filler padding of the issue when i just want to learn how our girls are going to deal with the situation that they're currently find themselves in when the rest of the bat family they're just fucking around they're not doing a goddamn thing thing the play here is is that batman and Batgirl, you know, Barbara, they get all the Zatanna and that, okay, it feels like we're getting onto something. We're going to do a little bit of the detecting work and stuff like that. And after Zatanna does her nonsense, backwards magic and all that, you end up going, and what is the big deal here? I mean, what is really going on with with Madame Zodiac where she's like, well, you know, I'm kind of sick of this body. And hey, thanks. Batman gives her the coin back. And then they're like, okay, well, you watch yourself and they leave. Nothing was like. Nothing Nothing was was resolved. And so the idea of this is at the moment when we're seeing where legitimately two girls could be killed or whatever, you're just like, oh, you can you believe that Madame Zodiac? (laughs) What a jokester. Oh, my God. She just monkey pulled our girls. She just got us. But 
here's the coin so you could go do that to other people and away we go but never really explaining how this came about how the girls even got the idea of making a wish and flipping the coin well, even the because idea you have, you have that. it's, it's and a Batman lot of nonsense talking to themselves you know for being very logical people it's so weird that we live in a world of magic doesn't it? yeah it takes me off guard every time we come across it I'm like what are we doing yeah what are you doing you just again what it feels like is surface level you know not out of continuity but slightly like the idea of like hey let's just have fun with this and this is like one it feels like it wants to play off that classic justice league cover like with all the like the the seance going on with the freaking bubbles up over their heads and stuff along those lines i'm like yeah with the jsa coming through i'm like what are we doing with the secret wayne seance room to get the madam zodiac to say they don't change back. I'm coming back for you. But they change back, so it doesn't matter. It really does feel like it's going off the cover. Like, oh, let's do something with that. The problem is they jump through like five hoops instead of just walking through the door because you could have even had a story like this where at the same time, for some reason, she was mad about Cass being, you know, put and ends up just kidnapping Steph and then vice versa. Oh, you're going to do that. I'm going to do that. But instead, you go through all these hoops, this freaky Friday, switch, 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 and then just have it where, oh, wait it out, the clock, boom, it switches. But it I'm switches t- at the time of just in time to go save Cass. I it's, don't it's know nonsense. what I, I, I dislike more or like more because in the annual when we had the situation happen, I was so upset that the uh, uh, adults, quote, adults, didn't seem all that concerned about this magic body swapping. And now that they actually do get concerned, I'm mad that they're actually concerned because what they're doing is bullshit. Yeah, and when they're concerned, they're not really, like, this ends up at the end almost being like that it's Stefan Cass's fault because they end up letting Wishes. Madam Zodiac Madam just go free with this coin again. I mean, they, they flip it to her, and then she starts doing her mumbo-jumbo. And I, I thought that it was intriguing a bit where they did Look at the coins that Tana looked and said, oh, I can tell who used it the last bunch of times. That might have been somewhat interesting. It was just there. But then when I'm telling you, when they get to this Dame Kamadoza, oh, no. And at the last second, Barbara's like, I get it. It's an anagram. And then she just switches. And like, what is going on here? But overall, the idea of having Steph there, and that was good. But the, the, everything else around it and how you got there and out of it is, is kind of bullcrap. I'm hoping, though, that we do something with Clue Master and Steph. We'll have to see. But, like, I again, really that, so. that part is not right in the continuity. But, hey, you can go with it. I'm going really to go cares? with it. Who really cares? That's Clue Master. So I that's do, it. but I'm still going to go with it. But, really, if you were going to play this game and you thought about this beforehand, why didn't you end up with that whole last deal instead of the Riddler? Have, like we said, have the Clue Master. Have it be something that felt big. I'm not saying that Riddler shit felt right either. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, oh, I kidnapped you. And here we go. Um, But maybe we'll get something out of it. Maybe we can get some, uh, you know, work out of it. And I will tell you one thing. I believe that around that issue that you ended up having, because originally, remember, and I think that where you're thinking of Tim and Steph was when they were traveling around together. And remember, they went to the Hall of Justice and they were looking well, for a doctor. The beginning of Young Justice. And they mentioned Doc, Doc Samson. Samson. Yeah, I think that was around that same time See, they th- mentioned Clue Master as well. And we were going nuts because he was See, messing everything is, else while he was playing games. This is an issue that I can take because I, it allows me to wash my hands of yet another I know. Bendis Young Justice issue and take it out of continuity because this is rewritten that to make it more make sense now. Again, you ended up where. The war zones were ending up explained by Philip Kennedy Johnson to make a fuck up by Bendis make sense. And we got over that. 
Now we'll get to the next book in a minute. (laughs) We'll get to the next book in a minute, and they'll mention Checkmate, and they keep fucking that up. I mean, that is do they know? Because really, it's just something that is like Bendis had freaking you know commodity from the future in a church. Like this is just a a government agency now, which at least is a bit closer to what Checkmate originally was. was This is a covert thing, and now it's just straight. But again, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It's Bendis just kept fucking things up, and whether you go with it or not. I think everybody would like to forget about Bendis, so we're, we're starting to do that, right? We could just pretend. It's like when you have to have three or four writers come on with three or four different titles to try to make sense of what Tom King wrote previously. That's what we're doing here with Bendis stuff. Ask anybody who was a Marvel fan right before you end up having Bendis leave. They did the same thing. That was what drove Brandon nuts about Bendis. You would have to come pretty much damage control Ended up not, it been meta. They had to call him damage control over there at Marvel to really sweep up the things. And that's what we're seeing now. So I, I can't, I know I want to get angry about it, but I can't. Look, if it was worse, I'd get angry. But the thing you is, gotta it's actually it a bit out better so far. Yeah. And maybe that's how we play it from now on. If you mess up continuity, but make it better, we're good. And anything bendis. <laughs> if you just mess fuck up it. bad continuity but make it better, yeah. yes, I can Yeah, go I mean, that. yeah. And so there you go. It is it is a shame. I actually wish now, because I did get a hold of Michael W. Conrad on Twitter and said, Hey, did you know this? And he was I'll give him kudos. He was straight up said, Oh my god, I didn't know that. And then he's like, Yeah, you know, sometimes things are wonky. And I said, What you're actually giving me code is somebody done messed up. And he's like, yeah. Yep, that's what it was. And I almost wish now he lied and said, oh, no, no, we're just, you know, tweaking things. And then I would have felt better, though I probably would have gotten mad at that. That cannon's fine, too, though, with me. I can tweak it myself. He gained a ton of respect from me. I'm not saying that I like him as a writer, but he gained a ton of respect by just admitting, yeah, somebody messed up. We Look, were told we, that we this see was it good, book so. after book. The editors keep sitting on their hands at DC Comics. I have no idea what they're actually doing. Well, and, and even when I talk to some people or, you know, down the line even, I'm starting to realize that a lot of these writers are taking the bullet for some of these editors when it should be the opposite way. The editors are there to help the writer, not to screw things up. And it seems like I'm editorial. Steve Orlando opened my eyes to that when he was doing Wonder Woman. Well, I'm telling you, somebody who uh, a lot of other people like to crap on, Tim Sheridan, he told me some things oh, yes. about that Teen Titans Academy deal, like Red X wasn't his thing. It ends up, I don't want to say too much, no, no, but, no. you know, the deal. But a lot of this stuff is mandated, especially these newer writers. They don't have any, you know, box no to pool. stand yeah. on. Is that what you say? No, yeah, they don't have that. Just so you every day. The Clune Reds really don't either. So if somebody tells you, but hey, I don't know, I end up, where, where is my shoe? Get your shine box there, bud. Ooh, I'll kill you. Uh, <laughs> I am like a little Joe Pesci. I get you. I like the fact that Joe Pesci is, in fact, a very little man. You have to be a little Joe Pesci. <laughs> well, that's because I'm taller than America. I'm five, nine and a half. So there you Tall go. is Joe I think Pesci. he is probably five foot three. He's five, four. Five, four. Okay. Shorter than me. You're I look no. down on him. I'm looking down on that guy. Just You're wait like three Joe years. Pesci. Three years I'll be looking up to him. Oh my, I love Joe Pesci. But all in all with all that, yeah, uh, you end with this whole idea of Cass trying to get out. Now it's Cass being Cass says, I gotta go and I'm gonna, you know, go track and down. And now Steph is Steph. left flabbergasted the fact that she is now tied up in freaking duct tape in her father's cabin. Who wants to get to know her again? He's alive. Yet she has no idea what's been going on. And the shame is, really, you didn't get much of Cass and Cluemaster in this because she was drugged up and exactly. all that. Because if you didn't have that, Cass would destroy him. And that's that might have been a fun thing. I mean, really. But I like where you end up having Steph like, 
daddy and it works out like again this might be one of their better issues because again she's like dad and he doesn't say like well what are you asking me again she's drugged up so that would be him like yep that's me i'm here welcome home we got a lot of catching up to do and you're not going to get the same thing out of clue master that you would get from a lady shiva clue master would not really and it doesn't matter now anyway it's staff but even so you wouldn't have been able to get that you're not acting like Steph, because he doesn't know. He's like, you're dead. He's never around. And, and also, he doesn't have that ability. So I do like this enough. Not the best issue this yeah. week even, but it's it shows you some glimpses that maybe, and that's just what I maybe, live on. things are getting a little better. Not much, but a little, and actually fixes some things that we had problems with in the annual. But what would you give this? 6.2 out of 10. There's a lot of stuff in this book that I don't like, but when it hits, it hits. You. But like... I'm telling you, even the idea, it hits when it hits when it hits, and that takes up a lot like a lot of my score. I can tell you all the stuff with Bruce and Barbara, Madam Zidic, throw all of that away. I think it's garbage. The stuff with Steph and like, you know, uh Clue Master doesn't do much for the actual story because it's changing things, but I I can see a direction it's going that I'm optimistic about in the future. Here it does a little nothing. So everything I have here is a hope and a dream and all the stuff that we saw with Stefan Cass's body and Lady Shiva for the most part and what could be coming down the line. 6.2 out of 10. Yeah, and here's the funny thing, too, is the art's good at points. It's a stylistic deal. It's okay at points, but then others, it just doesn't seem to quite fit. But if you aren't reading this and you want to know what really person doing all this, Jim, calm down. It does remind me (laughs) of Elsa Chertier's art. I hope that that's how you pronounce it. I don't even know what you just said. At this moment, doing the Love Everlasting book with Tom King. It's very reminiscent to that art. It has that, like, 60s pop deco look at points. And it's kind of cool enough. But the issue is, okay, 6.5 for me. So I'm a little more enthusiastic than you. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe we're maybe I'm also judging it against itself. No, not quite. It's, oh, not, my five, book of, it's not my book of the week. For crying Close. out loud. I wouldn't get that ridiculous i mean listen i had carbon monoxide poisoning and i didn't get that ridiculous there <laughs> i'll never get there if i start saying that shit then you better call me to ambulances but nah, we're gonna go to cost. this we're gonna go to the second deal or just you know wait it out see how funny it gets because it might get just tell funny. me how much I, uh, like you left me in your will we'll talk speaking about of it which, none speaking of will what are you talking about? The minute that I will I, myself I, like, to die every day I, I will, i'll put you in my will you'll owe money because these kids of mine but also, I just want to point out the idea, and I said it to you, though, but the idea that there was soot just caked in this computer. I'm sitting right next to it. I'm going to die soon, Eric. I'm done. That's why we that's call it, you Two-Pack-A-Day Jimmy. Punching well, darts all day long. Man, they're yeah. like, oh, my God. I, they started yelling Two-Pack. I thought, what? He's alive? Well, let's go. I thought he was a hologram. Right? And then, uh, what you mean is my abs. I get it. I get it. <laughs> my abs are quite not a Two-Pack, Eric. But wonder why. Wonder Woman 794. Now I'm just cracking myself up. I think it is the soot. It's the soot. It is the love in the room, Eric, is what I think. I like to think that the soot is actually you reaching out and kissing me on my soul. Don't think that. that That's deadly. Does that make sense? I don't know. Hey, boy. Wonder Woman 794 is written by Becky Clune and and Michael Conrad. They're playing that game, Eric. Art by Emmanuel Lupacino, Wade Von Graal, Badger, Jordi Belair, and Pepper. All those people are needed. For just art I mean seriously Jonathan Case is laughing Right now he's laughing and pointing At them that they needed this many people 
to do it. The art's pretty good, though. We like Emmanuel Lupacino. I was say, this looks a lot better than the last book. What the hell are you talking about? It does. But, you know, you have a lot of people involved. You got a lot yeah. of fingers in the dikes, Eric, is what I say when right. I'm doing Wonder Woman. So you end up going into this, and we're going to continue, for some reason, the whole milk extra story, even though the one thing that actually might have been interesting about it was was Dr. Psycho. Yep. That, that was the only thing that really, now it Villains went over top and whatever. And the villainy ink. So that ends up just ending. And now we get to what the real story is and the idea of the upper management, which happens to be Hera, bunch of gods, goddesses, all of this rolled up into one. And you get an issue that is boring as shit. Oh, that's this the thing issue is, is so boring. What this issue is trying to do is make a lead way towards the idea that the Greek gods are pissed. They're coming back in a big way. And this is the start of all of this. And Hera being the... The queen of the gods who wants all the respect going on. And she, I think she just wants to get out of Mount Olympus because freaking now that Hippolyta is there, she's like, oh, my yeah, God. She's my like, freaking, I don't get all the, the, the my, hype. My husband's freaking side piece is all up in my grill now. I can't be doing this. I'm going to Earth. But in order for us to get to this great thing to come down the line, because you're going to have a War of the Gods situation with Wonder Woman Shazam once we get into the uh, dawn of the And DC. that seems interesting. That's something exactly. you've wanted for a while. I, I've been wanting Shazam and Wonder Woman together for a long, long while. It's been like, I wanted one together. Not together he's because a he's, he's a young boy. boy. But when you have moly. a situation with the milk extra because the milk extra, for whatever Cisco was doing with it, it is a way to control people. Previously, it seemed like a way to yell at the like the right wing, like polit- political party for saying things like "soy boy." Angry yeah, it, soy mind. Boy, yeah. it seemed like a weird like political parody to try to yell at that side, but now it's just all about the mind control. And Hera's going to use this now that Doctor Psycho is out of the way to get people on the way of the gods because. Once the, the Greek gods are remembered again, they can take over the mindset. You know what we do? We love the Greek gods. We're going to power up from the gods and the assholes. We're going to come down to Earth and the start of ruckus. All of that. Well, the last part. The milk thing's the most bullshit. I don't know who the fuck is buying one brand of goddamn milk all across the world to bring the Greek gods back. But in order to get to this What's your favorite brand? You like the Rosenbergers here I know, in the man. I like that, uh, the, whatever that almond milk is with the vanilla. Oh, that is true. Yeah, I, I don't know I, what I it's like called. I just know what it looks like, and I grab it. You're you're free. The almond milk doesn't seem to be involved, but we exactly. still don't know anything about this nonsense. But this I whole mean, thing is our whole issue to lead to this destination that I want is Siegfried and Sheeta freaking storming the gates of the milk factory. Phobos and Demos making their presence known through milk. I mean, like they actually bubble up out of milk to have their earthly thing, and then they combine together to make a four-armed Goro monster god. And I have no idea why, but it is just. These characters and Wonder Woman fighting this this god milkman for a while until they defeat them and we get the idea that the gods are going to come back and the milk extra is going to be the thing to do it. This is a good portion of it and the only thing that I can say that kept me going for the most part is I wanted to know like, you know, some of the story details obviously, but pretty much I am here to say thank you, Clue and Rads, for bringing this version of Cheetah back because this is my favorite version of Cheetah. She's kicking ass. She's taking names, but little else is actually Again, going on. She's in just this. doing the same thing over and over. And I do think, and I said before, I said on the podcast that I do think that the idea of Ziggy there. I, I don't like Ziggy. I don't know why he's here. No, I don't either. And it gets in the way. But again, Ziggy's another thing. They Where's love to have things at? hang around. They love, and I think that Ziggy was kind of a little obstacle. I do think that people want Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman to get back together again. At this point again. in time, I think Siegfried and Steve Trevor are going to bang before the other they ones might. do. I mean, even so. But I think that what you're getting They're to the see is that the bros now. Ziggy seems to be a little enamored with Cheetah. That's fine. They're doing their thing. But all in all, this is my play. Well, I, go I, 
I love that you have the mill pool there with the Wonder Woman signed Steve's cast and then put the W and then <laughs> kind of walked off. Nobody else signed it. That's kind of sad, you know. But in that also, th- they need to get a new chair. That looks like my chair that I'm on right now. I mean, seriously, what's going on with the checkmate? What are you right? talking about? Are they sitting on a freaking phone book? Oh, look at that chair, though. It's all ripped apart and stuff. It looks like my hoodie. Uh, but in this, here's my play. If we do get to what it says in the solicits and things, that we're going to get that kind of war of the gods, the gods are pissed off, and the big play will be what side does Diana choose to go with. Okay, that's fine. That's something you wanted. You wanted to see Shazam and Wonder Woman. But again, just like Batgirls, they don't know how to get to a story they want to tell. The hoops that they jump through for something ends up being 10 steps when they only need two. And it's so weird that a lot of writers, we think, oh, they can't land, you know, the ending. They can't nail the landing at the end. The the Clumets can't get the setup to get something going that isn't so convoluted. I mean, the idea of this milk turning into this, that, then going with Themos and all that, then Arrow shows up and it's yakety yak for page after page. That's when it really Really well, gets telling boring. You, the thing is, I prefer that because at least it's doing the story. Because for the, for the majority of it, for what I feel like the majority of it, we have Cheetah, Ziggy, and Wonder Woman fighting the Deimos Phobos milk monster god. And then we get out of that to find out that there's a Greek temple that has appeared on Earth. So we got a race to go do that. And Wonder Woman goes in to find Eros, who spills the beans about the idea that the gods are angry, Hera's angry. She don't like your mama up there doing bullshit stuff. We're going to come down here and we're going to wreck house. And then Wonder Woman's like, well, you know what's also going on? I called it Yara Floor, Wonder Girl. And then Wonder Girl shows up who has, you know, past complaints with Eros for his yeah, arrow shooting Yeah, I was getting making. that mixed up with the Eros deal. But even then, though, like you just said what Eros and Wonder Woman start talking about. Hera's pissed. Oh, why didn't she come? Olympus oh, no, will rise to glory again and Hera shall sit upon its throne. Oh, it is pissed, right? The worst part about it, It's though, like is five like, or six pages, though, for about one one line of what I, actually the thing is, is though, going I, on. I actually got mad at this bit because of, you still expect adulation for saving us from the graveyard? And I'm like, I'm just sitting here, yes, yes, I do. But then you have, that was ages ago, besides your death was the disturbance that allowed Janice to kill us in the first place. And oh, I'm an asshole over this because I'm sitting there because I know the gods were all killed by Janice. One of them brought them back from the graveyard of gods, even though it doesn't make any sense. But I just want somebody to bring up the fact that Darkseid killed Hera and the rest of the Quintessence know, before that ever they even didn't happened. Go with it. But again, I mean, we could sit there and say like, oh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, well, didn't we have an Omniverse? I mean, all that shit at the beginning of the Infinite Frontier got completely wiped away. It got thrown to the side, and that's a shame, too, when you get a lot of these things. But the idea where I love when you really expect us to thank you, and she's like, uh, but... And he's I'm just like, yelling at the comments, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, really. And the idea was ages ago. You know how much shit went down with chaos in the freaking Doom's doorway because of that nonsense? Yeah, and, and even then, again, now I'm thinking of the idea. These are gods. Two months is not ages ago. That's like a blip there. I mean, really, in my mind, these immortal gods would be like, oh, that happened yesterday, I think. I don't know, but. Well, even in current comic book time for what has passed so far, I feel like it was like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So I would have rather of them say, you expect us to thank you. Like, we're the gods. We don't thank people. And that would have been okay. But the whole play of this, we might end up with something good, but right now it's just boring and it's still hinging on that stupid milk. And the idea of this milk, it's just it's, it's just going to end. I think it might end here, but there was Hopefully. no reason for it to keep going. 
And even then, you want to play the idea never that made it sense to like, begin with. Remember that Milk Wars? It was Steve Orlando who did that side deal that me and Look, you I know the name. I know involved. that Reggie read it. I want to know parts yeah, of this. Reggie so I have no Chris idea what up doing Milk it on Wars the deal. actually were. It really looks like some of those guys because when they go into the factory, you almost want to play it off like a Batman 66 where these milkmen are running around. Hey, we're going to do this. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. You drink the milk. You say all hail the gods. Move on. Yeah, well, no. Well, uh, now you do. I thought that you hated the late. We hated the soy boys before. I don't know. And then it, that ties into Aries and nonsense. Like, all that is nonsense. But I do like this cheetah. Yeah, I do end up liking, you know, Wonder Woman for the most part here, but she's involved in nonsense. But maybe we can get out of this and, and also get to Wonder something Girl better. But for some I've reason. said all along, I'll say it again. It, unless things really improve Like this isn't going to make me change my mind They shouldn't be on the book The Wonder Woman books are a wreck And until things are changed Then I realize that DC really doesn't care About making things better And overall trying to up the ante Because whether you believe it or not anymore Diana should be part of the Trinity And you can't have shitty books like this For part of the Trinity If this was as bad as this is in Batman they would have changed things by now or, you know, even Superman, maybe. But this is just nonsense. But at least they have Yara Floor at the end. Eric. Yeah, so if next. you're a fan Wonder of Yara, Women. that's something where we talked about earlier with John, you know, in the Superman book that, you know, we obviously expect them to continue. But I don't know. It's nice that you end up having Yara have some space and have some things come in. And she does have that connection to Eros. So that'll be uncomfortable. Right. But hopefully, hopefully and, and here's the thing. If we are getting towards a battle of the gods, you may end up having, you know, certain pantheons against each other and whatnot. So bring in Yara. Well, that's, that's the thing. Is I wanted, we had that in the original War of the Gods. I think that came out in 88, 89. I forget what it was now. But you had the Shazam one one connection, but you had the Roman gods versus the Greek gods. And it should have been really cool, but really it was very convoluted yeah, and hard convoluted. to get through at times. But again, you could tell that. Redo the it, make state, it good. They might try to lean on that. They lean on a lot of things. A lot of it doesn't hit, but I, don't, I wouldn't mind if they gave that a try and have Yara involved with that. That might actually flesh out the character a little more as well. But She's not doing anything else. I know. What would you give this? Well, the way I'd give this a 5 out of 10. It's not a fuck you 5. It's a regular yeah, 5. I think with the you. art is great, and I like the destination we're going. It's just a large majority of this is bullshit Wait, fighting in a milk factory. And then eventually we just get Wonder Girl in here. But... It's just a lot of nothing in the Wonder Woman book. You know, what's funny is the idea that we actually were a little more positive with the Batgirl. It did kind of carry over in the Wonder Woman because I'm really like while we're talking, we're centering on things that we might get and what might be cool. But this issue itself was a slog it to was. get through. And but the art while was great. And that cheetah kinda, looks amazing. Yeah, and yeah, it does. And I'm telling you, like I said, Ziggy and Cheetah. I actually like that combo. I like the idea that they- What a like, strange power couple. Just the idea that Cheetah is starting to get like, stay away from me, Asgardian. Get out of here. It's kind of, I think there's a little sexual tension going on right there. Hopefully. And I don't mind it. Just hopefully Ziggy doesn't drink any of that milk, right? Because then know. he'll hate the ladies, maybe. <laughs> What's in Do you the think milk? That- he'll hate the ladies and love the gods. I love at one point when they're like, ooh, let's get your cream going, Deimos. I'm like, oh, God, this is disgusting. But what is your book of the week? My book of the week is a tie this week between Batman Incorporated and Superman Son of Kal-El. Yeah, mine is Batman Incorporated is my book of the week. And, yeah, again, I apologize. Who was I, apo- uh, I had a 6-5. My back, uh, that was second, Eric. Something not book Almost. of the week. I, 
getting emails for almost. What are we playing? Hand grenades? Horseshoes? <laughs> <laughs> We're not, Eric. That's book of the week. Just take that. Uh, but yeah, I really do apologize to everybody. Uh, first off, I don't feel good. I am all over good the either. place. Well, I probably don't, but who knows, Eric? Maybe I'm sexy. You, you have no idea with my two pack. Uh, but this computer shit is driving me insane. I'm glad that we were able to finish this up, but I do apologize, Luis. We have a email from Luis that involves stuff for the holidays. We will be doing that next week. Sure will. You know, on Christmas Day, when I believe the next podcast will come out. But we'll see. We'll see how all that goes. But we will do your email, Luis. I really do apologize with that. And overall, though, Eric, we got some bangers coming up, right? Sure do. Of course, and it's a weird play because, you know, this week I we do the podcast a little later. So it seems like this should be... The big week of, oh, my God, it's got the holidays. They're not going to have a lot of books, but that's actually next week. And we'll see. I don't even know what comes out next week. You don't know what comes out next week? week. Well, I'm saying this coming up week, we have a lot. We have Batman Superman World's Finest, number 10. You know, that's been a banger, right? What's going on with the Kid Thunder, right? Joker and the Kid. Maybe I'll steal his thunder. Yeah, no, that sounds too sexy. Uh, We have Batman versus Robin, number four, Eric. That's going right. You got you got that. It's well, on funny the cover, because you have Damian Wayne fighting Batman, and Batman is already wearing the Doctor Fate helmet with the Devil Nezhot in the background. So it looks like it could be a badass issue. I hope that it doesn't creep up from behind. And I yes. I think that there's the weird thing that Batman versus Robin might skip a month next, you know, in January because I think number five was in the February solicits. It was weird. Maybe it, it wasn't. I don't know. Eric. Who, who the hell knows? Right? Catwoman number fifty. Do you think that's why they just ended up where they didn't want to give number ones when they should have just to get to that 50 and now let's go. I hope that that book, there's a lot of people like you think of the idea that Catwoman, how many people are reading it, whatnot. I get more, you know, tweets and comments about the Catwoman book on our, our Twitter than any other character. People are getting fed up with the teeny hour Catwoman and really want to like that book, but can't. So that's a big deal. We have Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, number seven. Dawn of the DCU. I wonder if we'll end with an Infinite Earths multiverse. I wonder. Messiah Nightwing on the cover. We'll see how that ends. That's crazy, right? Crazy times. Uh, we have TC versus Vampires All Out. War number six, Eric. Finale. That ends. Thank God. That book sucks. All right. Deceased War of the Undead Gods, number five. That continues on. Five of eight. Yeah. Is it five of eight? I don't know. Look at yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And that's a book we've been up and down with. We'll, we'll see how that goes. We end up having Nightwing number 99. It's Wayne Gretzky. Eric, we're the great one in. So we'll see what the penultimate to the hundred, where a lot of people are talking wedding and stuff like that. We'll see how that goes. But we already got the wedding. Maybe. We, <laughs> we got it twice now, almost. But we got Stargirl, The Lost Children, number two. That's something we were enjoying. I can't I can wait to see my, more of that. Star I can and Red play Arrow my parody song, it. right? You go in with that. Pretty cool. Flash 789. Feels like we haven't had the Flash in a while. So that's pretty cool. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on I don't know. I feel like the Flash just that. came out because it's them versus the rogues who are now in power. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I just It felt weird. The reason why I think that it might feel that way is we just ended up getting Iris and Linda in that all-out war, war zone deal. And that kind of felt like it. but. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens with all that and Warden Wolf and things. I did have a, a parody working up for that. But Mayor it, Wolf. It fell through a little. Yeah, really. I'd better watch myself. 
and Titans United Blood Pack number four. Were you doing Hungry Like the Wolf? We are doing it was. It was okay. Hungry Like the Wolf, but it was like, I can't remember what the play of words was, Eric. I can't really think straight right now, but Wooden Wolf. Yeah, it was like something in these, and you're, you know, fucking around with Wooden Wolf. I don't I, I don't Classic stuff. <laughs> I had it written down, but I don't think I'll be able to sing it this week. I'm having some problems. I might die. Who knows? But maybe if I'm around and alive, first off, two of these books will be on the Thursday night Patreon only spotlight picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> and yeah, and I would believe that we might end up getting a finale of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth there. And maybe Stargirl. Titans United Blood Pact. We might. I mean, we may even get DC versus Vampires All Out War number six and have two finales. But I do believe that they might end up going Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth. So they'll snatch that away. Holy moly. That's what they do, Eric. That's why they're bad ass. They They don't care. They do not care what's going on. But we'll see. But if you want to get involved with that, go over to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Weird Science. Sign up. You know, pick a level that's right for you and listen to a lot of podcasts is what we end up doing. Also, please go to our Twitter at the Weird Science DC. Then go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and also check out our YouTube channel where I'm doing a lot more of my reviews as video reviews. And check that out at Weird Science Comics. All of these links will be in the show notes in our link tree bio campsite thing, right? Oh, is yeah, that the bio campsite thing? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but really, stuff. all you have to do is just smile and read comics, as Eric will tell you in a little bit. But all in all, not a great week. But Eric, it's over. I'm going to go and try to make sure my computer still remains working. I'm going to edit this podcast and get the heck out of here. What do we say at the end of the show? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. <laughs> Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.